All right, in this show, Taylor Williamson, stand-up comedian, very funny guy. He's going to hang with us. And Melissa Newman, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward's daughter, I've never spoken to. I did the doc, but I've never spoken to anyone in the Newman family, so we'll get to recount some of these great stories. And we got the news, and we'll do that right after this. Hey, good news. We're doing round two of Comedy Fantasy Camp. I'll be there. Jay Leno's coming back. John Lovitz, Caroline Ray, Trevor Wallace, and many, many more. February 29 through March the 3rd. And this time, we're all getting down at the world-famous Comedy Store. This will sell out as the last one did. Get your tickets now. Go to ComedyFantasyCamp.com for more information or give them a call. 888-762-2263. Join Adam Carolla and Jay Leno for Comedy Fantasy Camp Part 2. Call 888-762-2263. 888-762-2263 or visit ComedyFantasyCamp.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is The Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, comedian Taylor Williamson, and the author of Head Over Heels with Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman, Melissa Newman. Plus a round of Hollywood hand-me-downs, and we'll do the news and trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, unashamed of being a shamer. Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on. I just been getting on. Get it on. Excited to see Taylor Williamson, a very funny stand-up comedian. Probably know him best from America's Got Talent, but uh, very funny stand-up special I watched last night. Taylor Williamson live at the Comedy Store, and it's available on YouTube, and it's free, and it's I don't know, 36 minutes or something. It's it's very bite-sized. Thank you so much. Uh that mean I, I I truly can't tell you how much that means to me. Uh it's it's always um uh, I mean you do this your whole career but like like I grew up listening to you on Loveline, you know, and just and uh it's fun to entertain people who entertained you for so long. It's so special. Not to uh, be too genuine. I'm, oh I'm, yeah, no. I'm, I'll, listen, I'll, 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 I'll become racist. Now. I thought it was really. I thought it was a really funny stand-up special. Thank you so much. And yeah, so it's my best jokes I ever told, and uh, I'm so proud of it. And I would love for people to check it out and share with their friends, and so I can keep not living with my mom and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you grow up? Uh, San Diego, Del Mar. Oh, so you would listen to us on 91 X? Yeah, dude. <laughs> back then, back in the day, it was funny. Like, I didn't watch you on MTV too, but it was like as a kid. I'm 37, so like I was like, what? So like. Whatever year, so there's uh, 98, maybe I started listening to sure. it, you know? but it's like because you're like a 12 year old boy and you're like, they're talking about sex, you know, and yeah, like, oh, you know, oh, wow. And then you're like, wow, this is really fun, they're funny and it's interesting. And then so I listen to Love Line, like, I'm like, go to sleep, okay. Then I would turn on my radio, it sounded like 10 o'clock at night, and like it was kind of like, like, uh, ooh, I'm listening to this, but it was like funny and interesting. And it, I've never had, I don't have STDs, thanks to you. 
Yeah, for many you're reasons. You're welcome. Yeah. And, uh, but the day is young. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting out of the studio without herpes. <laughs> Block the door, Chris. Wow, that's great because a lot of podcasts they give out free stuff, and like I appreciate that. This yeah. is free, and you know, a, a sack of whole bean coffee you go through in a week, but herpes. <laughs> that's a lifetime membership. That's so special. Yeah. Wow. I can't. You got to look at it that way. I can't add to that. You're you, right. You know what? It's weird because people tell those uh, kind of weird love line radio stories all the time. And it's it, it it wasn't that long ago, but it sounds like such uh, a distant time in the past. You know, like like, you know, when you hear stories about my grandmother grew up out here and she would go. Oh, we used to drive down Sunset Boulevard, and all it was was bean fields everywhere. <laughs> and then uh, on Sunset, that's where the chicken place was. And you'd go up, you know, probably where the comedy store is now, and you'd, like, walk up the hill, <laughs> and you'd buy a chicken, a live chicken. And then you'd take it home and, like, kill it and pluck it and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, that sounds insane. But it was a different time a long time ago. And I talk to people all the time that go, I used to listen. I had my little portable radio (laughs) and my stepdad would tell me it lights out, but I bring the radio underneath the covers. Volume down. And and it's like, wow. And it sounds so archaic and so old, but so many people tell that story with Loveline. And I'm starting, and I realize it makes you feel old and I'm starting to get that now because I did America's Got Talent 10 years ago. Wow. And like, I have people who are like, oh, I used to, when I was eight years old, I, wa- I watched you on America's Got Talent, and now I'm just like, this doesn't, I don't like this compliment. Yes, like, no, no, I got that. I, I, it genuinely bothers me, so I apologize for that. I'll talk so. to balding dudes with gray beards <laughs> saying, I grew up listening <laughs> to you, <laughs> which just makes you feel super, super old. But you're doing that right now, actually. <laughs> here's a question that's true. Um, Careful, that was, I was, that was hurtful. That's all right. I'm a it's big okay. boy. You can't do that. You hurt my feelings. Yeah, that's okay. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. No, that's my. Uh, that, that you have to learn that as a parent. See, we, we, this is the problem as a nation. If you have your six-year-old like falls off the skateboard and is laying on the ground and screaming and crying, you know, you have to pull them up on their feet and go, "You're fine. Yeah. Here we go." Because if you get down and go, "Oh my God, oh my God, are you okay?" Then they spiral deeper. And I feel like as a nation, we need to do that. Yeah. We have like way too many people going, oh my God, you felt threatened. Yeah. You felt threatened. Oh my God. It's like, instead of like, get some fucking balls, get on your feet, you're fucking adult, start walking, walk it off. Right. But I was raised the other way. So I need to still be treated like that. Like okay. That. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you okay? You know, thank you for asking. You know, <laughs> like I'm. I don't know if it's used just for men. I don't know. What to I do. have Neosporin in the car. <laughs> Would you like some? It just helps everything. Just try it first. Put try Neosporin first, and if that doesn't work, we'll we'll get into cancer treatments. Okay. Thank you. Um, all right. So where? All right. Here's. I, I want to know. I want to know etiquette. Okay. I want to know etiquette. So you're really bad so far, but respect. This is this is automotive at the pump, filling up with gasoline etiquette. You get a paper towel to, so you don't get your germs. <laughs> don't on do the, that. 
Uh, Never. Oh, you don't do that? No. I'll like I'll use my sandwich holding hand to yeah. use the fucking thing <laughs> and then put the sandwich back yeah. into the sandwich hand and watch watch the thing spin it around. Your sandwich, yeah. I could see you using the bread from the sandwich to protect your hand. <laughs> that I've tried, but it, it, it does not work with pumpernickel. It'll, oh. it'll work with something that's a little more malleable, like right, white. Right. So I'm Jewish. I use matzo. It wouldn't work at all. Oh, no. That's a breakage. But you right. eat it off the floor probably too. All right, let's continue. I'm sorry. Okay. So sorry, sir. I go, I get a new car. And I go to and everyone's gonna go, oh, you got another new car? It's a long story. My son turned 17. He needs a car. There's a lot of car swapping going around. I don't know why. When I was 16 or 17, my parents had no thoughts about what cars he's gonna drive because the thoughts were he's walking. Or we'll lend him our car on the weekends in, in like a sparing way. But it's the new no world car order. No when you were a kid? No, there was nothing. But my son now needs a car. So anyway, I'm driving a different car. And this car takes gasoline, unlike my electric car, which I had before that. So I, okay, first things first. In the technological, in, in the techno department, I'm getting away from the pump for a second. I fuck up all things technical. Nothing ever works for me. People try it all the time. Like they go, oh no, you got to use, uh, when I did, uh, when I did Celebrity Apprentice and they're like, oh, you got to get the boom box and plug it into the TV and then you'll have all your favorite shows. So what, what was that box called, Chris? The, the boom, the, what is that system called? It used to be a system. It's called Slade or something, you know? Oh. You, yeah, everyone will think of it. But anyway, uh, Gary's going to go set it up sling. at the Trump Tower sling. He's going to set up the sling box. I go, it's never going to work. And he goes, what do you mean it'll work? I watch all my shows. You'll have all your shows you know, waiting for you when you get back from the task. And I said, it's never going to work. And it's just, he said, I'll come over. I'll set it up. I'll do the, he did the whole thing. He tried it five times. It never worked. I, I just watch women's college volleyball at two in the fucking morning. <laughs> just on ESPN three. There's like none of my shows anywhere. But anyway. I was sitting where I live. It was like 45 degrees the other night. And I had to leave somewhere in the morning and my car is parked outside. And the fucking car is freezing when it's 45 degrees outside. And I said, this is a brand new modern car. I'm going to do remote start and I'm going to warm this car up and then I'll get into it. And then another Pretty thought good. I had was that'll never work. That'll never work. And then it's like, but why? Everyone has remote start. I could do this. No, it's never going to work because it's you. You have like the angel and the devil on your shoulders just yes. arguing. And so I go walk over to part of the house. I look down on the driveway and I see the car and I hold up the key fob and I'm like, okay, that's lock. That's unlock. That's hatch pop. Hmm. There's a fourth one at the bottom. I don't know what the symbol is, but I'm just going to hold it down. Oh, no. Hold it down. The alarm goes That's off. The panic it starts, starts flashing and stuff. I go, okay. All right. I can't do this with the key fob. I'm not done because I got momentum now. I then go online. I go, I'm going to get a video where somebody smarter than me is going to tell me, and I punch in the car, and I write remote start, and it says, you have to download the app. And I'm like, okay, now I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. Passwords, at home addresses, uh, cell phone. Okay, then I walk out my slippers and fire the car up and walk back in. That's just like your dad would have done with his Oldsmobile in 1971, living in Minneapolis. I just did the exact same thing. And I realized I can't do things. Yeah. 
you're setting yourself up, uh, setting yourself up for disappointment. Like, I know I, it's my fault for loving too much for like believing. Yeah, you know what I mean. You've been burned so many times. So then, I got it. I'm sitting here. I'm here like four or five days ago, and I realize I'm I'm out of I'm out of gas. I'm not going to be able to make it home. I got to just go to the gas station and and fill up. Yeah. So I take the car that I've never put gas in before. And I drive it over to the Arco station or the mobile station or whatever it is. And I'm looking at the gauge with the little arrow, you know, where it goes, it's on this side or the hatch is on. That arrow needs to be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. But all right, it's telling me what side. So I pull up to the right side. I got a car in front of me, but I'm the second guy and there's two pumps. So okay. I'm fine. I get out of the car. Shut the car, get out of the car, walk over to the flap and do what I used to do with my old car, which is like push the thing in so it'll pop out. No dice. Uh, no dice. So now I go, okay, there's a button there's somewhere. A the there's inside, somewhere yeah. inside. And I go inside and I see the fuel little icon button and I push it and it just makes it click, 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 click. No pop. No hatch pop. Just <laughs> click, 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 click. And now I will go, okay, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to shut the car. I'm going to lock it. I'm going to unlock it. I'm going to reboot it. Now I got a guy in a Prius waiting on me, right? Yeah. And click, 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 but no poppage. <laughs> so I keep trying to restart it, re- hit the reboot it with the alarm, shut it, open the door, shut the door, get out of the car, start the car. The guy in the Prius doesn't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> here with like, you can't get your own gas flap open on your car. Also, I scan the credit card. So the thing's got the credit card. It's waiting on you now. It's waiting on me. This guy's waiting on me. And now line is starting to form. So I feel bad. So I pull up to the next pump, but this pump's got my credit card. So you got to cancel. Yeah, I got to cancel, but it's it's unclear exactly if I can pull off the cancel part. (laughs) Because I see the cashier, you know, kind of kind of thing. So then this guy pulls up behind me because I'm fe- I, f- I feel like the biggest dick in the world because he's waiting for me and all I'm doing is arguing with the gas <laughs> flap and he must be going, what the fuck is this guy yeah. doing? This guy pulls up into my old slot. I say to the guy, um, and there's another car or two waiting too, right? I go to the guy, hey, listen. Um, there may be a credit card on that thing. I'm, I'm not sure. And he goes, I'm just here to use a squeegee. And I'm like, no way. If you're here to use a squeegee, fucking pull no it off way. and go get your fucking squeegee. Now he's squeegeeing his entire fucking car. And there's people waiting to get gas. And there's plenty of room. You could Imagine pull the third person in line just seeing like the guy who can't get his, his tank open and the guy just squeegeeing. Take it I, that's, that's poor etiquette, right? It is. That guy's got a personality disorder, right? Like, you could just pull off. There's a parking space 20 feet from It doesn't matter what just, side of the, the not, pump just you're go on. Go get your fucking squeegee. squeegee. Yes. Yeah, you're totally right. My, I have a, a crazy theory. Yes. Because the second you come up to him and go, hey, my card is on there, you're starting to sound like a scammer. Mm. You sound, and uh. I think he got nervous. And was just like, I'm not even touching the pump. He looked like a guy... Who would just use the squeegee? Like he had that that aura about yeah. him. He looked a little eccentric, like Let's a naval hat. Like a, uh, 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 do I have that? No, no you. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, in a crew neck sweater. Yeah, like a blue crew neck sweater. <laughs> yeah. No, this guy was kind of disheveled. The car was a mess, and he was kind of a mess. And I believe that was sort of his car wash, his, like, free car wash. But, <laughs> but come on, waiting in line while people are waiting in line to take a space at the pump to basically wax on and wax off your car, that's bullshit. There's open parking spaces all over. So yeah, he's now I pulled to the next one. <laughs> And I'm still fighting with the gas flap. I got four miles left on the range. I'm not going to make it home. And I'm like, click, clicking, click, click, click. Now I'm back on the phone. Okay, another video. Let's do this. <laughs> How to open my gas How to tank? open my gas thing. It's like, let's go to this car, push the button, and it'll release. It's not releasing, but it's clicking. That. I can hear it hear it click, but I can't. So like that signal's being sent. I'm clicking, then I get out and start pulling on it. Then I go back in and click. So I go, okay. There's one guy here, still here, working. Adam. The good Adam. The good Adam is here. And that guy's smart. And he knows the internet. And it's only a mile away. So I just fucking leave. I just leave, turn around, and come back here. Your, your video editor, Adam. Yes. And I, oh, I, I go, not yeah. this Adam. I don't I know it. There's another Adam shares in the next room. So then I pull in. I got two miles left on the range now. And I go, look. Uh, this flap ain't open. What am I missing here? I shut the car, turn the alarm on and off, hit the button. It makes a click sound, but no flappage yeah. at all. And he goes, well, let me look on the internet. And I'm like, good, you're a smart yeah, guy. He looks, says, hit the button, whatever. So then now I get back to construction, Adam. I go, now listen, every time I hit this button, it makes a click, click sound, but nothing's happening. You stand at the gas flap. It's a two-manner. Time it. When I hit the button and you hear the click, click, pull it open. Pull it open. Right? So then he goes, uh, okay. It's like a nuclear Hit the button and it pops open. No. Wow. Right. So now I'm like, all right, I'm going back to the gas station. I hope the crazy guy with the squeegee's gone. But I'm leaving the flap open. (laughs) <laughs> and I know someone's going to honk their horn yeah. at the light and do the point hey. thing. There's no hand signal that can explain this odyssey. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I'm just going to have to give them, right. I gotcha. Yeah. But the flap, there's nobody who's more aware of this flap being open than this guy right here. This is, this it's all, is, yeah, it's all you know at this point. This is not a brain fart. I, it took me a while to get that flap open, and I'm not going to risk shutting it because I don't want it to relatch. Right. And then I'm going to be alone at the gas station or asking for an assist from the squeegee guy. Yeah. So now that's where we're at. I'm getting low on gas now. And I'm not sure where my next move is because I know how to open it, but it is a two manner. <laughs> Do I rely on the kindness of strangers? Like the next time I go to the gas station, I just go, hey, yeah. but could you just. You think squeegee guy's going <laughs> to help you? Do. Do I use like a mop handle to push the button and then pop it myself? You need some sort of pulley system? I'll tell you what would work. I'll bet you it would work because I'm good this way. I just need a little door wedge, just a little shim, and I'll shim it, and I'll put a little pressure. I'll put a little outward pressure on it, and I'll push the button, this and it'll insane. pop. This cannot this... be how you live your life. I will. Is this the Mazda? Yeah. This is the car I put gas in on our way home from Solana Beach. The other night? Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We did gas it, that's but then it stopped. Does, Dawson did it one man. What what you do is you press the button, and then it releases the latch, and then you can put, press it, uh, and it pops out. I tried that like six times. No, don't. I think I'm pretty damn because I was, I was a little perplexed. Don't learn this. As well. I, don't learn this. Don't listen but to him. Go try that at the I'm break. Gonna... Press the button and then push it. And it will come out. I Adam did said he tried that. I, well, I pressed the button. You know, I got crazy squeegee guy waiting to get in line, and I'm fucked up because I I hate being on the clock. Yeah, like I hate when there's something. You know, if I go to the Home Depot and they're like, "Oh, we don't have the cute code for these toggle bolts," I'll be like, "Just throw them aside." Then we'll get I don't. Over I, to, I don't. To no, 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 no. <laughs> let me let me walk it down the aisle. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. Weekend, we'll be here in three minutes. <laughs> There's okay. people waiting. I don't know. No, just put them aside. I'll get them another day or whatever it is. But I think honestly, if I may give some business advice, mm-hmm. Jewish guy business advice, listen up. This is another podcast for your network. Mm. You go to the gas station. I need somebody to help me out. Squeegee guy, not a fun guy in normal life. Interesting podcast. It's content. Mm-hmm. So you, it's you and whoever helps you, assist you with a mini podcast, ten minute episodes maybe. Yeah, and like you're you're a famous man. People will go, oh, oh okay. we call it the kindness of strangers. It's positivity. Yeah, yeah. the world needs that. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and like. And it's radio, so you can just say they're diverse people, and mm-hmm. they, they won't know. They'll probably be diverse. It's, it's, it's around here. Yeah. <laughs> That's I've a wonderful seen. thing, you know? Yeah. The, um, I pushed the button and then went around, believe me, was like pushing on the thing and pulling on the thing and doing everything I could do to get the thing open. So something went amiss. I... We'll take a look. Yeah, I we'll was take able to do it, though. I was able to do it. No, I listen. I know you're able to do it because I was there. Something changed. Like something okay. went amiss okay. between there and there. Yeah. I, I, I hear this story. I'm curious how you got how to get it open, but I'm more um, obsessed with the idea of you moving up a pump because you know it's the line behind you because I've seen so many people just stack behind the person and there's a free pump in front of them and they'll just stay there. They'll say park there. They're waiting for the person inside the store or something. I, listen, I, am, I'm, I'm, I marvel every day that everyone thinks I'm a dick. I marvel <laughs> at it because I don't have any of those qualities. I am so like, fuck it. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to make you wait for one second. I will roll already up my car, my credit the, cards in, in the, the thing. Park, and, and you I've, still moved up. That's that's incredible. That's I would the do, kindness I'm of strangers. I've doing it a thousand times. That's, and, and again, I'm not a thoughtful person. I, I, no. will, I would never buy you a gift. I would never recognize an anniversary. Can't confirm. I've never asked you about your children. <laughs> yep. I never anything. I have one. <laughs> but if I am making you wait for two seconds longer than you should, I will move immediately. May I throw a tangential one at you? Mm-hmm. Sidebar for a second. I got trapped in this nightmare and it mm-hmm. stressed me. It actually made me angry. And it's, it's kindness, but I don't like it. I think it's like phony <laughs> kindness. I was at Starbucks drive through. And then I get to the window and they're like, the person in front of you paid for you. Would you like to pay for the person behind you? Ah. And I'm just like, all I got was a green tea. Yeah. Right. Like this guy's no. winning. And then I, they have like a whole bunch. Oh, There's no. a minivan. I'm going to spend. Yeah. People I'm going to spend. with the illegals. <laughs> <laughs> Who were raised on lattes. Were they? Is that true? You oh, the illegals love lattes. <laughs> it's a meal to them. <laughs> like, would you, you, uh, you spend, he spent $5 on you. Would you like to spend $45 on the person behind you? I'm right. Like, no. And then I'm, then they look at me like, well, you're a monster. Oh, by the way, 
in terms of math, if, if the person to your right hands you $5 and then you take it and then you hand it to the person and to your left, we're still yeah. exactly where we were. Yeah. So what the fuck? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, there's too much there's too much kindness. Yeah, and you yeah. know what else there is? It's too much. Too much <laughs> there's too much love. Yeah. Ugh. I was I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> I was watching uh, I was watching Hard Knocks training camp with the uh, Miami Dolphins. First off, I started noticing through watching all the football games uh, over the weekends that everyone's the back. First off, they need there needs to be a message on the back of the helmet now, and it's be love. Everything's just be love. And be love while you're spearing a guy and breaking his ribs and tearing his ACL and then throwing him out of bounds when yeah. he's four yards out of bounds into a bench, you know what I mean? But just, just be love taunting on the back. Him. You're taunting him. Yeah, you just lit him up over the middle and he's now make... concussed and it says be love on the back of your helmet. But I these are all, you know, 25-year-old jocks. And when the Miami Dolphins l- lost and got booted from the playoffs season over by the Kansas City Chiefs, every single dude, because they're all mic'd up, they're all like hugging it out. Love you, bro. Love you. Love you, man. Lots, much love. Love to you. Love with you. It's like, why don't you suck his dick right on the field? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Nobody, then Jack Lambert said that to fucking Jack Ham? Or, uh... Or much love, and two, and two tall Jones or something. Are you <laughs> fucking nuts? They're much love. It's they're all they're hugging and loving and loving and hugging. It's too much. The one time Patrick Mahomes wasn't wasn't mic'd up, but he had like a shotgun mic pointed, and he was complaining about that NFL. That, I mean, that call. Mm-hmm. Um, he was upset about the refs, the officials. So that got him in a lot of trouble. So now he's. It's all about respect, all about love, and they're all worried about it. I think they have to. Do Too it. much love talk in the NFL. So we should. You would you prefer like just fights? Yeah. Like, you you ruined my life. I wanted the Super Bowl since I was a child, and yeah, you, you, you stole my the, dream. Yeah. You Let's, come here to take what was mine. These there's fifty thousand people here who are upset because of you. We want people to be I'm petty. Gonna, that's all. It's just, I like it's better. At, at I don't even like. I don't like when they get they score the touchdown and they go to the stands and they hand the ball to their wife. <laughs> I think they ought to fake hand on the ball and then backhand them yeah. real quick and then run back out and Psych. hand the ball to the, <laughs> yeah. the ball guy. <laughs> To a business person, pretend to hand it to the kid and then hand it to a business person and be like, let's sell this for $20 million. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just So done with pettiness. love, done with the B love, done with the messages on, on the backs of the helmets. Not sh- don't feel like it moves the needle at all. But it's you have to be careful with the move up. It seems like love. So you're you're... It's confusing because it looks like love when you leave space for others. So I think stop doing that, maybe. Yeah, stop when doing I was the watching the game, thing. I didn't know what I wanted to be. But now you know but you want to be love. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's helmet. What does that mean, be love? No one knows what it means. We're now, well, we'll see, we're now in a weird word salad yeah. fa- part of life where we just talk about lifting people up and yeah. being courageous and leaving no one behind. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah all right, fuck, I'm going back to my mansion. And you go back to your... <laughs> You go back to your uh, refrigerator box under the bridge. I think the only thing that we really know about Be Love is it takes all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what I've learned from the NFL is it takes all of us, which says in the end zone, which means nothing. And then Be Love means nothing. Can I tell you where I saw No Love recently? And I think you would enjoy No this. Love? Where's this? Uh, an HOA meeting. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. We got, can I tell you what's going on? The cheese may in my H- HOA meeting? Please. We got Russians stealing money from our HOA. Because oh. they, they sell, they go, this is going to cost $3,000 to fix this. And they go to their, their friends 
and then they go, hey, uh, um, we'll pay me, we'll pay you $2,000 for it. And then they pocket some money. Russians. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Wow. And, like, I Who would have like, ever? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yes. it's, it's a whole thing. Like I moved in and I'm just like, one of my neighbors is telling me this. And I'm like, okay, it sounds kind of racist. I don't know what's going on, you know? And then, and then, uh, and then like I go to the meeting and like one of these guys is German and he's, and I talked to him afterwards and he's like, and like, I was like, what's going on? Is this real? And he's like, my wife's Russian. It's real. <laughs> you know, I've been saying this for years. Someone needs to say to the Russians, you're white. Knock it off. <laughs> you're the last crazy white people on the planet. All the other white people have got to Switzerland and New Zealand. All the other fucking pale faces have <laughs> right. gotten their shit together over the last like 75 to 80 years. Not you fuckers. You're still fucking nuts. Now knock it off. Go look in the mirror and stop acting like fucking grifters. <laughs> I was in Canada last week. They're kind of uh, wild out there. Yeah, but they're very progressive. I mean, their policies are very progressive. Their their world is a progressive world. It's no, they're not declaring war on Nova Scotia. Right. They're not fucking nuts. Right. It, right. Believe me, if there was Canadians running the HOA, <laughs> they would not be grifting and getting kickbacks. You, you know what I'm saying? That's a Russian move. So next time you have a meeting, explain to them that they're white and that they're the last crazy white people on the planet and they need to join the same white people yeah because that's the majority now i hear you they don't the canadians who do crazy stuff they're affecting themselves only like walking around with shorts on in four, negative 40 degree weather yeah that, that's fine you want to take do your shirt yourself. off at a bills game <laughs> be love that'll that's i'm fine with that right. it doesn't affect me but you yeah. can't steal my parka right so wow. the hoa it's wild well hoas people don't realize that you know, if you're living in a decent size pad, and especially in like midtown Manhattan or something, the HOA will be based on the worth of your unit. If it's like 10 million bucks, like there's people sp paying, you know, eight grand a month on, a, on an HOA, but but there's a, regular stuff just like 1300 a month. Like it's a, it's a chunk of change. Yeah. Like when you think about, well, I think we can afford this condo. The payments probably be about twenty eight, twenty nine hundred a month. Tack another fifteen hundred onto that if you have a like kind of aggressive HOA, right? Yeah, like my options were like a real house or a townhouse and I I travel and I whatever and it's whatever and, and I, but the, the numbers were like, well, it's it was like four hundred dollars a month at the beginning for my HOA fees, but I'm like, oh, well, like if I had a house, I'd have to pay for I'd have to pay for uh, someone to mow the lawn. I'd have to pay for upkeep, whatever. It's about the same, whatever. But then the number keeps going up now, and there's a pool I never, I've never used in my life. There's a clubhouse I never used in my life, and you're right, it, it keeps going up. And I'm like, if I had my own house, I probably was spending spending for a small house like two fifty a month on upkeep and all that, you know, and. It just gets so expensive. homeowners association meeting. Yeah, have you ever been Wild. to one of those meetings, Adam? <sighs> I hate meetings. All yeah, meetings. <laughs> I, I would. If have you, you been said to, to me, I have. Yeah. I, would you rather go to a, a <laughs> HOA meeting or one of those uh, those forced imposed diversity meetings that your business has? <laughs> I'd be like, mm. you got to put a clock choice. on it now. I got whatever one's shorter. I would I would probably go to. Well, mine was like four hours. So probably, oh, yeah, God. the one I went was it was uh, they wanted to announce this this nice like tax break. You have to apply for it uh, if your home is over a hundred years old, which mine is. So. 
So I went to it. Four hours. There's like probably 200 people in this meeting. I mean, you got some like wow. free croissants. You go up to the front. They're like cut in half. They're stale. Yeah. You get. A, you pour yourself a coffee. You sit in this uh, high school uh, auditorium and you just listen to these people's uh, powerpoints. And then at the end, he <laughs> goes, "All right, so we have three applications open for this tax break, and there's 200 something oh. people in here." So Everybody just cut. walked right out. As Squeegee guy like slides right in front of you. Yeah. Mine was action-packed. Like, I n- I've never been to one. I try- I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to participate. I don't write back or someone texts me saying, I'm, I'm right. going to take me off to the email list. I don't want to. I'm, I'm with you on everything. But so, but then it became a thing like, we have to stop the Russians. It's like a whole neighborhood campaign. Sure. So I went. It was action-packed. I'm next to an Orthodox Jewish guy. I'm next to a guy who directed some Bruce Willis movies. I'm next to a, <laughs> a teacher. I'm next to, All walks of life. Everyone against the Russians. There was like one good Russian though, but everyone, so these Russians are in charge. It's like a cartoon. And like, there's, cause it's like people who are positions of power where you have power right here. We have no power anywhere else. And it's wild how they go for it. And, uh, so everyone's there just to find out either what's going on or we know what's going on. This needs to stop. But, but I just want to say that they start the meeting and they go, uh, let's take a vote. Uh, it's only the board members talking. It's all these like uh, shady Russians, and they go, uh, "Who agrees? We'll have one top uh, only. Uh, not no topic. Go over ten minutes. Who agrees?" <laughs> they all raise their hand. Yeah. So the whole room is like, "What?" And I'm just like, "This is overstimulating for me." I yeah. loved it. So like, oh, and it was just wild because everyone wanted to talk about the same thing, but they refused to allow the conversation to be like, "You guys are stealing money." <laughs> yeah. So this, this, I, this probably happens a lot. So the scam is we need a new roof. The roof is going to be $55,000. Then the guy gets hold of Acme Roofing, who he knows, and he gives the guy forty grand, and he pockets to 15. Right. That's, yeah. that's basically. And, and so apparently- Can't put the Russians in charge of money, don't you? <laughs> well, that, that's on you. The yeah. Orthodox Jew that was next to you with the school teacher, put them in charge. But what's wild, my, new, my neighbors keep- they keep dying somehow. They keep falling off the roof. Oh, and, uh, oh man, the Russians. Yeah, yeah. It's so wild. <laughs> they poisoned the journalist who yeah. was in 2B. <laughs> oh. What's so crazy is like they're like, it's so obvious they're guilty because, like, who, this guy's like, I don't get paid to be here. What, like, you don't get paid. Just if no one wanted me to be in charge, I'd just be like, all right, good luck. But yeah. you're so defiant. Yeah. Because you're, you're full of shit. Like you're you're shady. Why do you want this job? I work fourteen hours a week for free. You think I want? Do you think this is fun? Yeah. Why are you you're a maniac? Anyone who agrees to do that, I don't trust them. You need a Russian purge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're working on. So There's everyone, a deep state. Everyone, please vote in the next uh, votes are coming up. I'm, this the is the real meeting. reason I'm on the podcast. Can we write you in for president? I've been, my neighbors have tried nominating me, and I, I, I <laughs> really? I've been nominated. I swear, I got the a letter. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> that's how bad it is. They want me to be in charge of the neighborhood. Yeah, that's that's a new low. Yeah. I'm like a quarter Russian. Don't trust me. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's oh. what you should do. To speak with a slight Russian yeah, accent. Yeah, we find that out after he gets elected. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You'd, you'd be like, you'd be better off with my cousin Yuri. <laughs> huh? Are you Russian? That's a bit, a little bit. You have vodka? It's seven in the morning. What the? Uh, just give me a shot. And then they'd go, okay, we'll go next door. But the other things, because they had to talk about other stuff, because we couldn't just talk about that the whole time. So uh, people were like, you stole an orange from my tree, and I'm just I'm salivating. The, oh. the things people get mad about. It's so. Like, I, it, 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 when when you own a home, or you realize the 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 unyielding and unending desire for people to get involved. Like you've put up wind chimes <laughs> on your patio. It's like, are you really? Are we really? Ha- 
as adults, we're having this conversation about, you know, it's, I put a coat of brown stain <laughs> on my on the railing on my patio and I didn't clear it with you first. And you can't even see my patio from like where you are. Yeah. But you've come around and put a note on my door. <laughs> There's so many of these fucking so adults many. out there. It is insane. And it's not something that I was prepared for. Like, I'm going to tell my kids, hey, listen. I, you're going to go off in the world and think adults are like mature and like sensible, possibly polite or pragmatic. They're all fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. You, there's three sane people. You'll never live next to any of them. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll live next to fucking crazy fucking people who will call the cops because your TV's too loud or something. It's insane how many people those are. It's honestly so... I mean, it's true. It's like funny, but it's not funny. Like I'm constantly reminded, like I didn't have the best parents and stuff. And like, I'm always looking for like a mentor, a father figure. If either of you are interested, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I need a guy to pull my gas flap <laughs> when I push the button. How are you? Oh, in the diamond lane. I'm going to rethink this. Yeah. Because yeah. we might make a team. I have a chihuahua. Is that, how does, how do you feel about that? Not a fan. Right. I didn't think so. <laughs> But if the whole gas flap thing works out and yeah. the diamond lane thing, maybe you guys will have a catch out. after. Yeah, maybe you could open. Okay, little, oh, you know, okay. something. Okay, I, okay. All right, I'm just gonna give some thought. Okay, this okay. is great. Mentor. All right, <laughs> but everyone's out of their minds, and like I started stand up when I was 17. So many. This is something I learned in life. Like truly, the more confident, and I would just listen to forty-year-olds, and, and I thought they know better. And I made so many mistakes in my life because people spoke confidently to me. <laughs> I've learned in life, truly, this is the best advice I ever got. One, don't take advice from anybody. But two, so it kind of contradicts what I'm saying. The more confident someone is when someone says, "This is what you need to do," the less I trust them now because no one knows anything. You can I go, know. "This is what I think you should do." But nobody knows. Every mistake I've made in my life is from listening to somebody else. And, um, and also mistakes I've made. But I've also made so many mistakes listening to other people say, this is what you got to do. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening mistakes, to my yeah. Yeah, I made a lot It's of the right people telling you what to do. If you find those people, then, then is, you'll be pretty good. Is that you, Papa? <laughs> yes, it is, son. <laughs> Kneel at the hem of my garment and let me pass down some wisdom. Do you want me to? Now it'll look weird. <laughs> the desk. Plus, people think you're gay. It's it happens sometimes. Okay. Oh, you saw my act. That's why you're saying that. You watched yeah. my comedy special. I did. It it does. It happens less than it used to. Now it's. I used to get like before ten ten. The first ten years of comedy, I got you're gay and you just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. And then it stopped, and now it's gay guys being like, "Yeah, but yeah, you're not gay, but let's do this though, because it's more fun." They want a straight guy who is like, could be like, yeah, want to turn you out. Yeah, they, 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 I I think I see more available than like, uh, I don't know, like who's like a who's like a tough. Guy? I don't know. Like, I don't uh, think Sylvester. Taylor. I think the name Taylor's helping. Sir, it's a it's a, Taylor is a man's name, and girls use it. Yeah, that's the, the, the it's not helping. That's all I'm saying. Well, Adam is a feminine name, if you ask me. It's the most feminine name I've ever heard. Well, Taylor, what, <laughs> what are your, it's not an you attack. have a name for your fans, right? <laughs> this whole well, mental thing is not going to work. This, this was an attack. Mine was an attack. Adam is I, the least manly name of all time, I I, 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 I agree it's a weak-ass name. Yeah. I think it's a soft, 
weak name. I always Adam is the it name was. that you give a feminine man because like it's the mo- it's the first man's name ever. So you're like, I I have to prove I'm a man. <laughs> it's just so weak. It, you it's just me. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's all right. Well, Taylor, when you, you feel cornered, you gotta fight back. Don't you have a name for your for your fan your fan base? Oh yeah. So when when I was on, this is important. I it's 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 petered off a little bit. But when I was on America's Got Talent. There's this magician kid, this teenage magician kid named Collins Key, and he called his fans keepers, and he was like a teenager, and like that was cute. And, and I was like, I gotta have my name's Taylor Williams. I need fans, and I need something funny I can say on TV. So I, I asked producers, can I say William Sons of Bitches, mm-hmm. like hashtag, you know, mm-hmm. business, you know? And they're like, you can't say that, you know. And then uh, I was like, how about Taylors? And then they're like, yeah, that's fine. But like to me, it's a funny word, you know. Mm-hmm. But I got Heidi Klum to say I'm a Taylor, and it's yeah. just a funny people that don't know that they're being weird kind of thing. Yeah. And then people come to my shows and say I'm a Taylor, and I'm like, it's just an inside joke with myself, you know. That's uh, good. We, uh, but that doesn't. Help I, this, I I'm hung around uh, with uh, a guy who had fans called Claymates. <laughs> right. And by the way, if again we didn't establish your gay or not, but Clay's a, <laughs> this guy, Clay's yeah. a hell of a dude. He's a good dude. He can belt out a song. He's a straight man. He knows how to take care of a man. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I, he's a good dude. I'll vouch for him. I, I, I well, I don't know. I'm not pushing one way or the other. I'm just saying if that's a thing, I, I could you, reach you could out to Clay. He got second place on on a reality show also. He did, yeah. That's kind of where I'm going with this. He could, you know, he right? could be my, my daddy. Hold on, but if you both got second place, that make you both bottoms? <laughs> I got to work this out. But that's got to be a, a possibility, right? I'd say it's sort of in the stars. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised I have to broker this. I'm surprised, you know, sort of the great magnet didn't bring you two together. The great right. the great magnet. Just the way things work in life. I feel like you two are, would be a great team. You're both in entertainment. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You're yeah. about the right age. You have the right look, you know. If, Thank you. It's, it's, I'm just saying. Similar I could, origin story. I could blow wow. a, yeah. I could blow a call in. That, that's all I'm saying. That's so sweet of you. I didn't know you were so spiritual, by the way, with the big, oh, the great yeah. magnet. I have a lot of beliefs. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. We got, I got a bunch of stuff to get into with uh, Taylor, and we'll do that right after this. Oh, good news. Z-Biotics. I've got a surefire way to wake up feeling fresh after a night of drinking. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. The world's first genetically engineered probiotic invented by PhD scientists for rough mornings after drinking. I'm going to pack this with you if you're going to Vegas or wherever. When you drink, the alcohol turns into a toxic byproduct in the gut, and that's to blame, not dehydration. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. I have tested it. Oh, yes, and it works. I took it. And you, uh, it comes in a little, little vial, little glass vial, and just tastes fine. Shoot it down and uh, do it before you get started. Just remember to make Zbiotics the first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best in the morning. It is Zbiotics, right, Dawson? Go to zbiotics.com slash Corolla and get 15% off your first order when you use Corolla at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash Corolla and use the code Corolla at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. I was really hungry recently. 
and uh, I went to go buy a sandwich. And as I was leaving the sandwich store with my sandwich, I drove by a really sad guy with a sign that said hungry. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do the right thing here. And I gave him my sandwich. And I felt really good about myself until I got home. And I remembered why I bought my sandwich. <laughs> I'm not proud of myself. Please don't tell anybody. But I drove back to the guy. <laughs> and I was like, listen, sir, I'm really sorry. But I'm gonna need that sign. <laughs> Taylor Williamson is on the Adam Carolla Show. He zigged when he thought he would zag, and that's why he's funny. Uh, Stand-up special is really funny, and you can just find it on uh, YouTube. And it's good, and it's tight, and it's you know, 35, 36 minutes. Also, dates as well. And you should go to taylorwilliamson.com and just find out where this guy's going to be. He's going to be in uh, Florida at Side Splitters. That'll be January 18th through the 21st, and then he's on the road. So go to the website, find the dates, have thank some fun. You. Thank you so much. I'm so, it means a lot to me. Thank you. You're welcome. I've been told I sound sarcastic a lot by being sincere, and I've also been told I look like I have allergies. You, I don't, you don't look to me like you have allergies, and this is an interesting subject. <laughs> <laughs> you look uh -oh. shorter than you are in real life, yeah. which people must say to you a lot, which is weird because I don't know why somebody looks short <laughs> or tall based on the shape of their face. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Tall. But you're six foot, six one. This this is so bizarre. I watch your special. I thought, oh, this guy's going to be you know five eight, five nine. <laughs> why? That is the most. I feel like I, someone must have told you that's a common thing, but that's I don't talk about it. That's great. This is the great. <laughs> This is why you and Clay would be so cute, <laughs> so cute together. So the most common thing I hear in my meet and greets after shows is, you're taller than I thought you'd be. I come off, I appear like a tiny man. <laughs> what is your official height? I, well, that's another conversation. Is My official height is six feet tall, but I, I had a physical last year, and they told me I was 5'11", and it stressed me out a lot. And yeah, because oh, that's a Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> I, but I'm not one of these, these guys. Like a lot of guys lie about their heights and stuff, and like that's like a common thing. But I'm six feet tall, and I don't need to lie about my height. But they told me I was six feet tall. And then the guy was like trying to be nice to me, like the nurse guy. And he was like... He, like, I'm, I'm trying to be silly with him. I'm like, this is kind of funny. Like, I'm five, I'm six feet tall. But he goes, trying to be polite. Like, he feels bad for me. He's like being sensitive, which you don't need. You know, no. he's trying to be love. Be he's love. Like, he goes, do you want to put your shoes on? And oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, buddy. And I well, did it, and see, I still the, wasn't six The feet. difference is, is when you're six foot or above, you party with me in the mezzanine. But when you're below <laughs> six foot, you're down in the hey. basement with Chris. It's fucking Let's crying into a Zima. Yeah, so I want to that's kind gonna, of the difference. I can show you my real ID. You, you listen. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I watch your special, and I was like, I, he he just looks shorter. I, when you walked in the door, I was like, oh, he's taller than I thought. And I I don't have these thoughts based on anything, but it's it is an interesting human experience, and it's not really explainable why some people seem shorter others seem taller you know it's it's hard to explain but why there would consistently people would arrive at that with you it's but it's so but you're the only person in my life who's ever pointed out that who's brought that up like and said you must get this a lot 
Well, I'm glad to do it because you can only do it <laughs> one you. direction. You can't do the, oh, you're a lot shorter than I thought. Right. See, that won't work. Right. So, but you can go this way. We just went up. But what's interesting is like you're in the mezzanines with me. Well, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but like it's usually like shorter people who notice that, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, Scott Con. Yeah. Scott Con. Short. Is he? A, is he a tiny man? See, I didn't know he was tiny. He's short. James Con's son. Yeah. Do you know Seth who? Green? Mm -hmm. do, uh, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> he's yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. You didn't know. I guess he's short on the short side. Yeah. <laughs> I was I've never met him in real life. I, was, I don't know. I was watching I, I the never, Emmys. I've never, I've, never, I've never stood next to him. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to get Joel McHale to stand next to him just to see. Um, I was watching the Emmys and Dinklage did his presentation and the camera kind of panned around and I did notice he was wearing heels. Oh, And I was like, he's trying to squeeze another three-eighths of an inch out of this. And I thought, on one hand, I was like... What's the difference between three foot nine and a half and three foot nine and seven eighths? Right. You know what I mean? On the other hand, if anyone should have a heel in there, it would be Dinklage. But I, I, I'm not saying he was wearing, you know, Herman Munster shoes. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, is he wasn't wearing just your basic dress shoe with the sort of half inch heel. He was trying to get There's another real lift another he was doing yeah. a little tom cruise sylvester stallone like oh he's in the cowboy boots you know what i mean like, <laughs> he was trying to get ron DeSantis, you know trying to get just another <laughs> I, 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 now i understand stallone yeah stallone and cruise every half inch matters to those dudes right because they're right on the mason dixon line of people going oh man you're so shit for an action star yeah. whatever Dinklage, what are we talking about? <laughs> right. we talking? You, if you did everything, you put every lift and orthotic in your boot you could, we'd make it to four foot. You, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? So what, what, what are we really doing It's here? a lost cause at that point. Yeah, and I don't know what his, his official height, Dinklage's official mm. height, but I'm just saying the extra, you know, the extra eh, nine, six, eh, nine thirty seconds of of. of air under your heel like that that's just not going to get yeah. it and it's not comfortable so we yeah. know why you're doing it but you make the, an interesting point though but why does herman munster wear herman munster shoes he wants he's a tall man why is he trying to be taller well because they're filming a show called the monsters <laughs> <laughs> all right okay touche okay. what's he wearing all that green makeup for <laughs> like that's, well, yeah i was wondering that myself, they're doing yeah. a show and then he's thank you papa you're right <laughs> oh, so, i'm sorry we so, had to go that way some knowledge <laughs> but, but, no herman munster the actor's six foot three, and they want to make him six nine. So he puts the big oh, boots on. A show business veteran over here. I'm cagey that way. Dinklage is uh, four foot five, and he looks four feet tall on TV. <laughs> Fred Gwynn six six naturally, and then he put the big lifts on and got to Fred Gwynn. You would know Tony's it, brother is. Yeah, the greatest baseball player <laughs> yeah, from San Diego. Yeah, yeah you know, oh, yeah. you know, Tony, yeah. same Statue. dude, same yeah. build. Yeah. Uh, Fred Gwynn was the judge, and my cousin Vinny probably. I know the, the monsters. Know. Yeah, the you're monster. talking to me like I don't know. Monsters. You're asking me why he's wearing shoes. I, I'm being. I'm a silly goose. Oh, okay, all right. I you hire you a silly goose. I got the Honeymooners DVD box set. Okay, well, you're young. I didn't know. Oh, thank you. Look at that accidental Look, oh. compliment. You know, Elsa's young. 
Clegg. And <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's probably too old for me, honestly. Mm, it depends. I, he's holding up pretty well. But respect, he's probably like a cougar to me, you know? Is a man yeah, cou- well, is a cou- is a man not, men called men cougars? Yeah, is that daddy daddy? Yeah. All right. So was Dinklage wearing like weird little shoes with a with a heel, or am I making that up? Here's my whole thing. If I'm Dinklage, I go full moccasin. <laughs> yeah, I go Tom's Brad Pitt, and uh, you know uh, what do you wear those moccasins? It's a, a a story. What was, it? What was the, Tarantino's latest film? Oh, Hollywood. Uh, Once upon a time. time. Once upon a time in Hollywood. You just weren't. If I'm Dinklage, I go moccasin, and I just go fuck off. There's an eighth of an inch of leather between me, my foot, and the ground. I'm not I'm trying comfortable to. I'm, not, where I am. I'm comfortable right where I am. Interesting. I wouldn't go heel if I was Dinklage. You know what I found interesting by his? I saw his presentation there, and uh, if he's listening, much respect. But I thought. Uh, it was odd that he he like he says something generous and then he goes. I guess I'm gonna read the teleprompter now. Yeah, like, but you you know what you're you're doing the don't don't act like you're above reading the teleprompter if you're. Uh, I'm trying to get him canceled. Mm, He's been really punk rock lately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just like I guess I'm gonna read the prompter now. Yeah. Okay, like but it wasn't like a joke. It was just kind of like dismissive. Like ugh. yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do the the prompters like dancing for the man or whatever. Like I'm going to tell you what they told me to say, yeah. you know, or whatever it is. You can also tell the difference when you watch those award shows when you see Stephen Colbert go out there or you see Amy Poehler and they, you go, "Oh, they write their own right. shit." They get I mean, I've experienced it with Kimmel a million times. It's like, I'm not going to have these hackneyed people at the Academy write my intro thing. I'll just go to my 12 writers who I employ full time and go, here's your assignment today. I got to do a bit, write it. You know what I mean? And so that's why you notice a difference between certain presentations and other presentations, because some are like in-house writers. We hired five hackneyed guys who are going to write everyone's intro, outro, throw, you know, whatever. But the, the the Amy Polars and the Colberts and the like, Will Ferrell probably, guys like that, they go, no, no, I'm going to, we're, we're going in-house. Yeah. I'm going to do my own thing. And yeah. that's why it's so much better. Yeah. Yeah, and they turn it into like a something that you're excited to watch. They make the, they make the show watchable. Like yeah. Entertaining, if you will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Dinklage. What about Bruce Valanche? Isn't he supposed to write this stuff? Well, I'll tell you what you're going to learn, son. <laughs> Can he hang out with me? You're going to learn that you're going to hear a lot of names. And they're going to go, oh, you're doing a sitcom. You got to get Eddie Gordetsky. He's the best punch-up guy in the business. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not any better than anybody else. Their stuff's fucking hackneyed. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel and I wrote a script million years ago and <clears throat> Ivan Reitman's like, you got to get uh, Adam Sandler's guy. I can't... I can't remember his name, and it's good because I'm going to be a douche, but you got to meet with this guy. And this guy does all the Sandler moves. He got hold of our script. He fucked it up 10 ways. <laughs> so it was not even funny at all when he was done with it. He, f- he was completely fucking unfunny. And they go, you got to work with this guy. You got to. There's like three guys that are really funny, and that's about it. So <laughs> don't trust anybody, son. Am I one of them? <clears throat> hold on. I got a gas up here. Could you hop out? <laughs> Here, I'll hold the sandwich. Yeah. On three. <laughs> okay. I, would, I would do it once for TikTok. Then I'd feel like I'm being taken advantage of. But I'll do it once for TikTok. All right. So I was 
on the internet and I watched, uh, yeah, I don't know, I would call it a PSA, but a little short with Biden and Obama and Obama stood next to Biden and they were just doing a, hey, we got to keep this country safe and uh, can't can't let it fall into the hands of uh, Hitlerian dictators. Just talking directly to the camera. Yeah, and we need we need some money. It was just a quickie, let's get Obama in here and let's see if we can raise some cash or just do this. And I, I think they just, uh, it's the Biden Victory Fund. Um, and it was just a few, it's got to be just a few days old because it's got to be, Got to be new, and I so I think Biden said to Obama, "Hey, do me a solid, bro. Uh, help me raise money. Everyone likes you, <laughs> and, and so stand next to me." And they did it, but it was not mission accomplished. And I'll tell you why. And then Dawson had a very interesting uh, alternative view of this, which I thought, I thought was kind of fascinating. So, all right, we'll play it. We need your help to ensure Joe's leadership continues to guide us forward. We know the other side won't rest, so we can't either. Your donation will help give Joe and Kamala's campaign the resources it needs. Let's make history again. Chip in now. Let's secure a brighter future together. So either said a brighter future or he said a better future. <laughs> he said Sta- both. <laughs> started to say bright, then went into better, and then he said brighter. It's right. funny that they don't have someone to go to one more time. Well, also the thing you don't, really understand it but um i learned it when i did dancing with the stars is <clears throat> tangos are hard I, I learned many a lesson but what i what i learned is is when you stand next to guys like uh former nfl uh, hall of fame uh defensive lineman and for the miami dolphins uh, jason taylor who's six foot tall got huge arms Two percent body fat and like mocha colored. Don't stand next to him. You feel like a fucking troll. You just feel like the ugliest, whitest sack of shit ever. Like you just don't stand next to fucking Jason Taylor. Yeah. When you see Ob- when you see Biden, Biden on his own is just Biden. But when you see him here, when you see him standing yeah. next to a very lucid, bright-eyed, sharp. Young guy. I can see every wrinkle on his face. He looks like he's squinting to read a (laughs) teleprompter. But we'll play it one more time, and then uh, I'll give you an interesting theory. We need your help to ensure Joe's leadership continues to guide us forward. We know the other side won't rest, so we can't either. Your donation will help give Joe and Kamala's campaign the resources it needs. Let's make history again. Chip in now. Let's secure a brighter future together. All right. So he kind of bumbled brighter, better, <laughs> yeah, burger, happens, sure. burger future for that. All right. Now, first, I'm I'm with you, Taylor. Could we get another take? That's, I've done bits my entire life, man show and whatever. Whoever the director would go, let's do it again. Sometimes they're kind and they go, that was a good one. Well, let's get one for safety. That could have been the third take, though. <laughs> that could have been the fifth take, yeah. <laughs> the first take was him going, I guess I'll read the teleprompter now. <laughs> so, um, A, you're right, could have been the fifth take, but somebody need to needed to say, here's the problem. The rub is, Joe's, everyone says you're too old and you're fumbling and bumbling and your speech is slurred and stuff, and this is making their point, not the point you're trying to make. And then I thought, well, why didn't Obama? Why didn't Obama? Because 
no one has more juice in that room. Like maybe the 23-year-old guy behind the camera is not going to say shit to the president of the United True. States. But Obama, True. of all people, could go, uh, Joe, let's give that one a second shot. Right? That's and it. I was putting that out there. And Dawson said. I'm not sure it's in Obama's self-interest to keep Joe in there. I think they might be looking to replace him. And so, wow! Oh, you think it's a sabotage? <laughs> I mean, he's right there. He could could have been he, like, he Joe, we really fine. need you. Come forward. Obama's I, like, yeah, I'll do this promo. Let's go. Let's record it right now. I'm just saying, if my goal was to stand next to somebody so they could realize their goal, which is get donations or fill a comedy club or whatever the goal of this meeting was. Uh, if that was truly my goal, I would say to that person, let's give it a second shot. Right. But if they didn't, then maybe his wife's waiting in the car. <laughs> maybe Michelle's like, I'm going to parachute in, and this is actually more of what we need. That's wild. Honey, Gavin, I got, we got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? It's an interesting enough theory. Wow. Because Obama definitely could have got a, a few more pass. He could have told Joe, let's let's give another shot. I had that happen when I did uh, America's Got Talent. In the finale, They after like, there's a performance episode, and the next day they do results show. And before the results, they stretch it out for two hours, and they have you do a, a duet with a special guest. And I got to do a thing with James Lipton. And wow. It was so special. I, I I had a list of celebrities that I, I, I would like to have worked with, comedians, whatever, and Everyone said no. They told me everyone said no. And then like like Billy Crystal's on Broadway. I'm like, maybe he would do this is at Radio City Music Hall and like it was the bigger show back then. And I'm like, maybe Dick Van Dyke. I don't know. It's best it's a big show. I don't know. And like Lenny Kravitz does it, whatever. Maybe this whatever. Everyone said no. And then um randomly James Lipton was the biggest fan of uh of America's Got Talent. He won the Emmy Award the night before in LA. He flew out there. Huh. I spent the day backstage at Radio City and it's on my YouTube if people want to see it. But the point is I got to write a, like a fake interview, a sketch, a written out in, inside the actor studio with him. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. But he had some ideas for jokes, and it was really awkward because, respectfully, like he's great, but he's not a uh, 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 brilliant comedy Eddie writer. Gordetsky. <laughs> he's no Eddie Gordetsky. <laughs> he's not, exactly. But like, so he was like pitching some bits, and like he was pitching like. Something about like not pitching, but he was putting in the script. He about, was ninety at the time. He was right? legit like eight, like late eighties, and his sweet wife was such an angel, and he was he was such a love. And uh, anyways, but Howie Mandel, who is not a producer on AGT, but he just hangs around because he hates being alone, and he loves being around people. And uh, he happened to be watching, so he he came in back, and he saw he saw a rehearsal, and then he just kind of took over as because he's like. I'm Howie Mandel. I can t I can tell Sir James Lipton, hey, maybe cut out this bit. Let him be funny. You can nice. be the straight guy. And mm -hmm. it was so special we, what we did together. And uh, you know what's cute is like we're we're on stage doing rehearsals, just empty six thousand seat Radio City, and he has a pin on his on his suit jacket, and he's like, you know what this means? And I'm like, what's that? And he goes, it means I'm a knight. Wow. Like, oh, that's so like he was like he was so, like child like in the most beautiful way. Like he was so proud of I mean, why not, would, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'd wear that everywhere and I yeah, tell, tell everyone I tell everyone at the gas station, uh, <laughs> before hey, before I got the squeegee. Yeah. <laughs> hey squeegee guy. I'd tell everyone I know. Well, I would say, listen, I have the power to dub you Sir Squeegee Guy <laughs> and I will use the squeegee oh. as a sword to dub you, but you have to help me open this fucking <laughs> gas flap first, squeegee guy. You could that could be your new angle, like if I'm not available to be your um, 
here, compadre. Flap wrangler. Yeah, flap hangler? Wrangler. Flap wrangler. Mm-hmm. But you could, who are, you could, uh, purchase like get some merch like like a thousand of them printed out and every time you pump gas you go to the person behind you and you're like hey I uh, I proclaim you the I think what I would do is make a little sheriff badge you yeah. know and I would go I'm gonna deputize you yeah. to open my gas flap you Have, know what I mean do you ever think about doing that because like you're a famous guy like you know there's Bill Murray stories everywhere right like people like he like he'll go up to someone at the park and cover their <laughs> eyes and be like no one will ever believe you and I walk away <laughs> he shows up to show up people's house parties and like college yeah, parties yeah sure stuff. I've seen the doc so I think we need some Adam Corolla ones but that's your shtick like you travel around the country, people have stories about you uh, deputizing them at the gas station. They That's- already have stories about being a super <laughs> shitty tipper. <laughs> I do. I travel the country, I give 9%, and I leave them with that memory. So they all believe me. Every waitress. Right. Every- He's made his mark. Oh, made, okay. They know. They understand. Right, they no, have a story. All right. No more, no more career advice. You me. know, the one where he gave me a thumbs up and a that a boy, those stories don't last long. But the 9% tip. <laughs> that endures. You know, you taught me. I did your show with Drew like uh, several years ago. This was right after America's Got Talent, and I, I got it. You gave me some wisdom because, like, I get picked up in cars a lot. I do comedy clubs or whatever, and like, and then you get picked up in a car, and like, I don't know if I'm sitting. In the, just a second, there was, I had like a few weeks where like I, I thought I should sit in the front to show that I'm not a douchebag who thinks mm-hmm. I'm famous, you know. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, they were weirded out by it. I, yeah, like, this guy's like Robin. One guy told me Robin Williams sat in front. He's a really normal guy. So then I try to sit in front, and they have to move their shit to the back. And like, but then you, t- I was like, how much am I supposed to tip? Because the club tips too, and the venue tips also. Do I tip also the club and the venue? Well, wherever I'm performing at, I'm right. perform at theaters. I'm fancy, you know. Right. And. Uh, but I was like, do I tip on top of their tip and whatever? And then you taught me to give 20 bucks. Yeah, it's good. It, it never hurts. Yeah. And you're doing fine. I mean, not with the HOAs and the Russians <laughs> now. <laughs> I have a lot of other <laughs> issues, too, if you like to hear. You know, I wear this Navy hat everywhere, so I get discounts. That's a whole other conversation, but it's really great. You, oh, really? You go to Coffee Bean, they give you 10% off. No, you, you listen, I'm way ahead of you. I'm, I'm way ahead of you, and, and, and I, I say it all the time, and I don't live it enough, but I am telling you, I had a hat that said LAPD on it, and it was given to me, and I went and got my supercharged BMW M3 car out of the shop after two years of being there with like 700 horsepower, and I was doing... 90 on Oxnard Boulevard and a 35. <laughs> yeah. I, motorcycle cop just lit me up, man. And I was, I was literally, it was an exhibition of speed. Yeah. Because I hadn't had the car in like two years and I want to see what it did with the supercharger on it. And I just dropped it into second gear and I fucking redlined it. And I was going like 70 miles an hour and then threw it in a third and chirped it, you know, and just because. <laughs> Oxnard just opened up and I was like, I'm fucking testing this thing out. And I just fucking got on and I flew by a cop and he was a motorcycle cop backed in between two parked cars. I was like, all that guy's doing is writing tickets. There's no, he's has no business. That's all he does. Write tickets. And I, I, as I flew past him, I caught him out of the corner of my eye and I'm still five blocks down. I was going so fast before he even pulled out and he just lit up and I, I pulled myself over and he came up. To my car, fucking outraged, like pissed off, dangerous exhibition of speed. But I didn't know it, but I forgot. I was wearing my LAPD hat. 
<laughs> and he's fucking yelling at me. And at some point he stops in the middle and he goes, where'd you get that hat? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I forget what hat I'm wearing sometimes. Yeah. And I go, oh, I look, I go, I do a little charity work. Yeah. It's really, yeah. <laughs> neither here nor there. What kind of charity? I, I work with, you know, golf terms. I raise money, you know, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> and he was like, Okay, well, be more careful next wow. time. He just yeah. fucking left. And I and I always realize if you had a Highway Patrol hat and an LAPD hat and a fucking Glendale PD hat, just switch the hat as you pull <laughs> into the municipality, you'd be fine. Yeah, my, friend's, my friend's brother's a firefighter, and she has, like, a sticker on her car yeah. that, I, that they get. And she, yeah, she doesn't get tickets. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I did a thing for LAPD once, and uh, this guy gave me his card. He's like, it's, he's like, it's like a get out of jail card, but I've never been able to use it. I haven't been pulled over since, and uh, but it's awkward. You have to you have to be like license registration. And you go here, you go, and like like truly like like how you would think like as a joke. We just go, oh here, oh whoops, oh yeah, that's okay. yeah, yeah. Give them a call, and like, yeah. they go, oh yeah. I had a little sticker on my license once because I did uh, a highway patrol charity event or something like that. Then they give you the, the reality is is nobody has to write a ticket. Right. So all they need is just a little something. Could be you went to high school with them. Yeah. Could be you got the sticker on the car. Could be the hat. You yeah. know, that's that's enough. That's enough. Yeah, you're cool. But the problem with wearing this hat, though, and, like, and taking advantage of all the discounts you get at places, like Target, 10% it, it off It says everything. San Diego it's Navy. It's Navy. But uh, then sometimes people chase after you with a camera. They're like, stolen valor. And you have to run away. And it's a whole, mm. it's a whole thing, you know. Small price to pay for a discount <laughs> for, on a chai latte. For, for pretending. I hope it's clear I'm joking. I don't really do stolen valor. I don't know if people think I'm doing a silly bit. You know, I'm scared. We get I it. believed it. I believed it, too. Yeah, I still All right. It. Should we do some? Uh, we have a clip of you and James Lipton. It's honestly the cool. It's like the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do. Honestly, I've got the intro. Good evening. For 19 years, I've been face to face with some of the greatest artists of our time. My guest tonight is a comedian who has won absolutely no Oscars, no Golden Globes, or Emmy awards. In fact, he hasn't. He doesn't even have a girlfriend. Oh, he's gay. He was absolutely <laughs> okay. nothing with no prospects whatsoever until he auditioned for America's Got Talent and his life changed. It's my pleasure to welcome one of the greatest comedians in the history of life on this planet. <laughs> Taylor Williamson. Hey, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. This is the questionnaire that I've asked for 19 years and now it's your turn. All right. What is your favorite word? One Direction. I was pandering a little bit. It's a little bit of a second That's joke. That's two words, but in your case, it's okay. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Boo. <laughs> Whether it's an audience of people who don't enjoy my comedy, or even worse, a ghost that's trying to kill me. Ooh. Or the worst thing ever is a crowd of ghosts that don't think I'm funny. <laughs> What, what turns you on? Clay. Boobs. <laughs> this is funny. Very honest. Any boobs in particular? She knows who she is. Heidi Cut to Heidi Klum. The next joke is good. 
Kayla, what turns you off? Um, can I say balls on TV? You just did. Balls. <laughs> Any balls in particular? <laughs> she knows who she is. <laughs> Mel, is that Mel B? Yeah. All right. You get oh, it. the Stern was on back then. Yeah. It How's was Heidi Klum? Can I tell you? So my whole, I have my whole career because of her. Like really? this competition, these competition I knew shows. I hated her. <laughs> I told you. you know, say something's wrong with her. You have, you have. It's her now. fault that I'm here. I'm She's sorry. a force for evil. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. Uh, yeah. But uh, I believe it. But they, so com comedians go on the show and like they get standing ovation from the judges, and then they don't get like you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, and then they don't get voted. They get, they get eliminated instantly. I went on the show. She said, you're not funny, you're not appropriate, whatever. The crowd booed. Mm -hmm. I got a little pro wrestling controversy, uh -huh, whatever. Uh -huh. People voted for me. I got like the fuck you vote. Like, I like uh -huh. it, whatever. So I got a thing. And then the rest of the show, I got to write it. I wrote a series of like the next round. I want to make Heidi Klum think I'm funny. So here's some kid-friendly jokes. So I wrote a bunch of jokes about animals that are like filthy sex jokes, you know, mm -hmm. like PG-13 sex mm -hmm. jokes. And um, so the rest of the thing was me trying to get Heidi to like me. And she played along. And when, for a few years, I went back on the show and like, like people still ask me, where's Heidi? Like, I'm, like we did like a sketches and stuff. And like she played along and like has really helped. Like, like I, I own my... I'm going to HOA meetings because of her. You know? so. <laughs> yeah, you'll be leading them soon. And I got to kiss her on the mouth. If you Google, there's a picture of me kissing her on the mouth a couple. There you go. Wow. Look at you, professional. Like, look what German and a Jew yeah. kissing. Wow. That's so wonderful. Breaking barriers. Don't show yeah. that to Clay. He's not going to want to turn my phone call. Yeah. Says. No, he doesn't want cookies. No, they like it more. Can I tell you my experience in life? They want you, the straighter you tell them they are, tell them that I am, the more they're like, ooh, challenge. Yeah, you want what you yeah, can Yeah, he's never going to believe you. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, it's pictures. <laughs> All right, he'll watch a special movie. No way. That's not good if I have to be like, there's a picture of me kissing a girl. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's like, I have black friends. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I can't be racist. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We got Hollywood hand-me-downs. We'll, uh, we'll guess on these big items, big uh, memorabilia items that uh, are going across the auction block or have been across the auction block. Are they going across or they've been across? They've been. They've been, and we'll do that right after this. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. And this is Dr. Drew. We are changing things up for the new year, and we want you to end the week with the two of us. That's right. Brand new episodes now on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of each week. So sequentially, thank you and mahalo. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Hey, Adam, this is Nick in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to let you know that I'm a mailman, and I beat the trash man every day. I deliver the mail, trash man's behind me. 
Get it on. You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. All right, Taylor Williamson hanging out. I think I'm going to call an audible and we'll do some news before I talk to uh, Melissa Newman about her incredible life and her family. It's Paul Newman's uh, daughter, one yeah. of Paul's daughters. I made a documentary about Paul Newman, but I've never talked to anyone in the family. My dog eats Paul Newman dog treats and she loves them. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. Yeah, we're the same thing. Ubiquitous. Yeah. All right, so let's do a little news. All right, so there's this uh, guy in Chicago who is suing 27 women mm-hmm. over negative reviews in a Facebook group where they call him Clingy and that he ghosts them. So this this Facebook group, it's called Are We Dating the Same Guy? And girls <laughs> will post pictures of the guys they're dating. And so one, of them, they, so one woman posts the picture of this guy saying he's clingy. Um, and was well, uh, he clingy or is he ghosting them? Well, for well, he, so he she said he was clingy, mm-hmm. and he says he became clingy very fast. He kept talking about how I don't want to see his bad side, especially when he was on business calls. And then other women commented, "Well, I dated this guy too. He ghosted me. I, he'll he'll ghost you right after this. Like he'll, mm-hmm. um, especially if you don't want to sleep with him. Unremarkable dates. He never he never wanted to be uh, exclusive. So all these women." So basically, he became famous in this Facebook group as a guy not to date, and he found out about it. Mm-hmm. And he's now suing. He's suing uh, these women. He's suing Meta. He's suing all these people um, because it led to quote personal humiliation, mental anguish and suffering, emotional distress, stress, anxiety, and lost earnings. See, this is all the B love bullshit. Get the <laughs> fuck over it, douche. Or but, learn how to act on a date or whatever the fuck. Just keep walking. This, yeah, this is smart though. Can I tell you? Like, I never thought about this because I'd love to sue someone and make lots of money and never have to work again. I'm at that point in my career. They you know, used to be like, I love comedy. I'm like, I'll just take a lot of money. Clay's an earner. <laughs> he's yeah, he's very very successful. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying no anymore. Okay. Okay. Uh, but sue because people go for the settlement in a lawsuit. You know, you sue, but then you're like, let's get a settlement. Let's let's all move on. Sue 28 people at once for like two thousand dollars each. And then you get a thousand dollars from each of them. It's like I don't want to deal with this. You get twenty eight thousand dollars and you're done. Yeah, you get the no one does. You get twenty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> you have to work again. <laughs> Listen, I don't. I don't have an empire Except for to life. cover. Okay, like, Except, for Except for life. Except for life. I just some yeah. HOA payments. You know. Um, it's really meta where the money. It's the the the, the, the other the gals don't have deep pockets, but maybe meta does. Right. You know? but, but women are incredible internet sleuths. That's why like these Facebook groups work. Like I, I've, I think I've said this before. There was a trend on TikTok where if like a girl would go over to a guy's house and they would open the uh, medicine cabinet, they'd see like a guy's toothbrush in there. Then they would videotape the entire bathroom and go, I just got invited to this guy's house or uh, this guy's house and there's a girl's toothbrush excuse me and so does anybody know if he's dating anybody if he's married and they would spread it all over tiktok and catch the guy for mm. cheating on his wife who was away out of town or things like that like is it, there is it just the color of the toothbrush because i would go with a kind of buy toothbrush like a neutral gray yeah you should pink flowery stay away from that hotex presents <laughs> yeah, enamel his and hers toothbrushes. Like, I, yeah okay I well no see women are the greatest su- internet sleuths and and they're the sleuths. That's where do we got sooth and sleuth? You know you, what I mean? You pulled a Biden. Look at you. It's a sleuthsayer. It's a soothsayer. Yeah. We'll take two. What's a sooth? What's a sooth? Soothsayer. Soothsayer is like a prophet, like a oracle. <laughs> okay. 
a soothsayer. And then we have internet sleuths. Uh, but either way, here's what women are. And this is why they can catch all the serial killers on the cold cases and stuff like that. They are motivated. And, and when women are motivated, you can't stop them. But when they're not motivated, you can't interest them. Do you know what I mean? They're like bad students. You know what I mean? It's like, he's smart, but he's horrible at all these subjects. Yeah, but he's not engaged. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when, and when women get engaged, now when it comes to shit that has to do with you around the house or any of that, that's all like, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. I didn't think about it. But when it comes to the murders and the serial killers and the shit they really care about, they're fucking tenacious. Guys, we could find as many serial killers as women do. We just don't care. We're not into it. We yeah. could do it. We don't care that much. When women get hold of something they want and they're into, they get super wildly effective. Yeah. Which then always makes me angry because it makes me see what you can do when you're into <laughs> it versus, oh, I forgot about the dry cleaning. I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what they do. They get really hyper-focused. And when they get really hyper-focused, they get super efficient and they, they're dogged. Yeah. Too, and they're relentless, and they'll just they they will not run out of energy for shit that you don't care about. <laughs> but they have almost no energy for shit you do care. About. Right? So How do we harness this power for good? We can't harness it for good. It's only going to be used for evil. <laughs> I like that. Heidi Klum. <laughs> I I saw there's this someone who sent me this TikTok thing. It's like some like uh, conservative uh, TikTok YouTube guy, whatever's going on. What is a woman? You know? But that's the answer. Yeah, it's longer than their answers, but I like that. Super motivated, but hard to motivate. Yeah, but when motivated, <laughs> yeah, look superheroes. Out. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's the most pro woman thing I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, like <laughs> Helen Reddy, <laughs> feminist Adam Carolla. Right here. <laughs> yeah, it's also partially an indictment, but but yes, they can fucking organize. They can go to town. They can ruin your life. And they can. <laughs> find everything on the internet. <laughs> can do anything. Yeah. It's, and it's, we could do, but we got better shit to do. Like I'll <laughs> like like I'll just be talking about somebody and I could I could just just describe this person to a woman and she'll go, oh, "I'll find him on Instagram right now." Just That's based right. on like a description. Like they're so good at that. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, they're so, also perpetually annoyed and I'm never annoyed. Women are constantly like, oh, that guy's so annoying. So annoying. All the time. I talk to Dr. Drew about this all the time. I, I'm angry or I'm horny or I'm hungry, but I'm like, I'm never, I'm never annoyed. I'm just like, I don't want to hang out with that guy because I think he's a douchebag or he's a blowhard or whatever. But women will go, that person annoys me. I don't even be around, whatever. Uh, they use annoyed a lot. And then you go, what do you mean annoys you? Like, how does that work? And they go, I, they're annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like they can't describe it, but it's annoying. I feel like you're challenging me though. I am. You find me annoying? No, I feel like you're. No, no respect. I feel like you're. I feel like you're challenging me to annoy you. Oh, we're way down there. <laughs> yeah. Challenge accepted and completed. Well, I'm honored. Wow. Oh, wow. No, you, well, look at this woman over here, huh? You have no annoying qualities. That's. I mean, I. I like. I love myself. Mm -hmm. I have high self-esteem, but I don't think that's true. No, you have. Tons of bad qualities, but you don't have annoying qualities. Okay. You know what I mean? All right, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So in Tampa, there's a 17-year-old girl driving, and she gets into an accident. Her car actually flips upside down. Wow. 
but these two good Samaritans help her, this guy named Jake and his buddy, Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. wow. So they pull the teenage girl from the wreckage. Um, Hulk had to uh, puncture the airbag with a ballpoint pen wow. to get her out. Mm. She's okay. Uh, yeah, she was unscathed, uh, really rattled. But, uh, yeah, imagine. If I rolled out my out car, car and Hulk Hogan came to the window while I was, like, inverted and dazed, I think I was dead yeah. and in wrestling heaven. You know, like, hey, brother. Oh, goddamn. Oh, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead for sure. There'd be no way. Hulk, in L.A., it'd definitely be an illegal who would come up and try to help you. But if Hulk put his big head down that thing with the sunglasses on top of the trucker cap and the big mustache, brother, you okay? I'd be like, definitely dead. I love that you know he's wearing an NWO T-shirt. Do you notice that, buddy? That's that's another thing that would make me think yeah. I was dead. <laughs> only he's wearing a wrestling heaven. They, I love about wrestlers is they wear their own merchandise unironically all day, and yes. I love them and all the ways me and Chris have been seeing that independent pro wrestling shows together. It yeah. is. I I agree with you, and there's only one person that gets a full pass on that, and that's Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he Dave does Chappelle on... goes out in his own apparel, and no one goes. Uh, Hey, like, what are you fucking doing? You're doing comedy? You're selling windbreakers? Yeah, like, no one says shit. Right. No one. And on, his, on his Netflix specials, he's wearing his logo. Yeah, completely. No one says anything. It's if actually you tried cool that, you yeah. people, you'd be destroyed. That's not mm. kind. I'm saying. I'll, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you're going well, to well, wear Chappelle shit your next special? I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> you could get away That's, with that. <laughs> and maybe people think you were funny. <laughs> no, here's the night. Business That's plan. That's what I should. We should all wear Chappelle shit. <laughs> Business plan. Here's We'll try it out. Your car is frustrating to you. We got to get you a new car. But it's expensive to get a new car. How about you drive 90 miles an hour, a little, little, little topsy-turvy thing, I come to save you. Chris brings the camera. I'm wearing my my Taylor's T-shirt, mm. and uh, or perhaps my iHeart Taylor Swift's crossed out Williamson T-shirt available on TaylorWilliamson.com, and then uh, we take some pictures, and then we both uh, you get a new you get a new car. I mean, you cut out this part of the podcast, you know, because yeah. insurance might be upset about it. Right. All right, but I know this going into it. Right, we, this is a plan. Yeah, I don't want to think I died, went to gay heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, oh, Taylor's head wearing comes his own popping. shirt, wow. pulling you out. Wow. <laughs> I thought, do, do we we get to go to heaven? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. well then I'll, I'll be gay then. You, yeah, now. That was, that's what I was stopping I think in the old me. days, no. Yeah. I don't know if Hulk Hogan thinks that we get to go there. That's a good point. I mean, he's wearing a do-rag, a wrestling shirt. He's in full. <laughs> he looks like he just got out of the ring. I saw his post. He posted something about his, like, he has like a Christian pen or something that saved the day, too. Oh, Christian. Yeah, but by the way, Hulk Hogan, I am in Tampa this weekend. If you want to come to my show, please, uh, I love you. Um he saved her. You know, his son got in a horrible car crash and killed the passenger, I think. And he like... This is not helping me sell tickets to Hulk Hogan. So, <laughs> but, you know, when his son was like 17, he was like street racing and he had like a Supra that was all souped up and maybe it was a Dodge Viper. Isn't there Viper or Supra? Was it a Viper or Supra that Hulk Hogan's son killed the guy in and had to... And... and uh, I had to do some time. Yeah. Um, 
And I think people are a little miffed at Hulk because they're like, hey, man, the kid's 17. What's he driving an 800-horsepower Viper around? And he was drag racing somebody. And I think he killed the passenger it was his pa- it was of his, his car. It was his friend. There was a lot of bad stuff that happened because of that. And his reputation was uh, really not good. But Great Magnet... Now the Hulkster saves a life. He's even now. You see what I'm saying? Is that how that works? As long as you do something good before you die, if you do something really bad, it can't. The magnet cancels it out. Yeah, yeah. It's a mulligan. Can I say this? I'm not bragging. I've done. I've done like some good things in my life. I feel like I, I'm ready to do bad things. Okay. Does the magnet work like that? Do you get? Do you get credits? Like, do you get points? <laughs> yeah. Generally, we sit back and look at the totalitarian totality of your life we as the the, the gates as arbiters of the, of the yeah, magnet he's on, he's on the <laughs> of the magnet yeah i'm like the russian guy from the hoa we give you 10 minutes okay we take a might take less <laughs> we take a look at your achievements it shouldn't take that long and then we balance it out can i tell you something I swear I will come with you on one trip to do your gas thing if you will come to one HOA meeting with me. <laughs> okay. I think you'll have fun at this next one when the Russians get kicked out after voting. <laughs> I really am here not to promote Mike's comedy special on YouTube, not to promote my touring around the country. Uh, my, I'm here to get people to help vote out the Russians in my local HOA. Thank you to my neighborhood. Yes. That's important. Nick Hogan drove a Toyota Supra. So there you go. Yeah. 2007, I think. Was that when the accident was? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so, you know what Hulk Hogan has now? He has a like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Fred the Hitman Hart just opened one in Calgary. That's a new thing. But Fred, uh, Hulk Hogan has a restaurant, and I don't even saw Joey Janela. There's a wrestler who went on. Anyway, he has he has a restaurant where he eats, and people can do karaoke while you're in front of him and his, his son. And uh, oh my god, the guy, uh, the who's the wrestlers, the Nasty Boys. Anyways, just you're in front of wrestlers while they're eating chicken wings and you're singing songs. It's the really? most bizarre. It looks like it's a joke, like a sketch. Right. But you just karaoke and you get what I'm saying. I'd like to do you. that. Yeah. yeah. Come to Tampa this weekend. We'll go. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to gas up before we leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I, reciprocal friendship. I understand. You know. Uh, are, you my, are you my dad and my friend or just my parent? I like to keep a sort of firewall between the friendship and the fatherly okay. influence. I understand. That's respectful because you're looking out for me. You know who you have. Has anyone ever brought up Kevin Nealon to you? Can I tell you? you have I just so got many that. Kevin Nealon qualities. <laughs> Mark Marin just said that to me. He's like, yeah. I don't know who to compare you to, but then I got that. I think yeah. that's a great compliment. Thank you. I I got to work with Kevin Nealon uh, last Christmas at a private event, and it was really special. And then I thought we were going to be friends, and I don't think that worked <laughs> out. But I wonder if anyone goes to Kevin Nealon like like. You're you're like a funny Taylor Williamson. <laughs> I mean, they said something older. Yeah. They probably say older, 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 older. Taller, taller. Yeah, taller. He's tall. <laughs> yeah, he's tall. I'll, I let. He's brilliant. He's I, brilliant. Yeah, he's really. He's, he's he's quietly one of the funniest guys around. Yeah, and nice. And yeah. you, you, it's not that you look exactly like him, but you have you have qualities. What are those? I genuinely don't know. What is that? You laugh the same way. Oh, okay. And you answer the same way, like we're okay. That was a very Kevin yeah, Nealon kind of answer. In, yeah. Yeah. I see. Like I, I guess I, I'm honored to be in his category. Like a lot of these guys, they're just like uh, they're hooligans, you know. And like the like the comedy, they'll go to like, uh, hey, like hey, nice shirt. Would you get that? The like the I like your shirt, by the way. I'm not being a, but you know, I don't want you to think I'm making fun of your shirt. But like, hey, Chris, nice nice sweater. Would you get the ugly sweater store? You know. That hurt, that's that's I'm, hurt, that I, I'm so sorry, but I love your sweater. But I, I'm not that kind of person. I'm more like, I love your sweater. My wife gave me this sweater. Yeah. That hurt. No, Neilan's nice. <laughs> 
But you can be funny and uh, and and be love, you know. Yeah, be love. It says it on the back of the helmet. <laughs> I stay. <laughs> we got Emma's clapping behind the scenes. Yeah. Wow! So we're pro be love now. We, yeah, well, that's our new always, thing. Always have been. Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. I'm so confused. I love it. Though. Well, it takes all of us to be love. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned. Wow. So it, it's amazing how someone writing something on the back of their head can really uh, change things around here. Oh yeah. Yeah. It gives us a new perspective. You've been putting out. You've been putting out love your whole career. I think. Yeah. That's my thing. <laughs> That's my thing. That's how people describe you, I think. Who, how do you, so you describe me, how do you describe yourself? Um, I never really describe myself, but I would say if I was being accurate, probably a lot of people think I'm an asshole. No, but I never describe- really do any, anything that would fall under that heading. Uh, I, would, I would probably describe myself as uh, quiet, generally uh friendly but not not overly nice or generous and uh but a good neighbor like i i am a good citizen you you'd want me as a neighbor because i would never hassle you and i could help you fix shit and you would yeah if you want want a hand on something i definitely yeah. that's really kind can i tell you i had it this is not i'm not proud of this but i don't have a peephole in my my door it doesn't work and like i had someone knocking on my door screaming like scared this is several, many years ago. I'm not proud of this, but I didn't try to help because I'm like, whatever's out there, I can't do anything, and why? And I, and I don't know my neighbors. This is I'm this I'm not proud of this. This is right. you know this is the magnet thing. Maybe I maybe I'm oh, even actually you're still paying for this. But yep. someone was knocking my door. Like it sounded like with terror. Like help me. Let me contrast <laughs> that story with with a. Also, what am I gonna mind. do? Yeah, I was going in Santa Monica. At night, a million years ago, I was outside of my apartment. I heard a woman screaming out in the street, and I ran out there, and I chased her purse snatcher all the way down the street. This was during the day, by the way. This is my situation. Mine was, I don't know, nine at night. And I chased the guy down until he dropped all her stuff and uh, got her stuff back. That's amazing. That's Mm -hmm. really kind. And like That would make me good. He would want me as as a neighbor. I agree with that. But then he would also say I was a dick, I think. But you're the kind of guy that, like... Like people who are like like uh, like this. I did a show. I mean, I, I, I did some USO tour stuff. So I've hung out with some like service people and stuff. You know, this guy. Like I'm not a big fan of guns. You know, but like I'm not like anti gun. But I don't. I wouldn't have a gun. But this guy had a gun, and like I like him, and I and he brought a gun everywhere we went, <laughs> and it was kind of ridiculous to me. But I feel like he's the kind of guy that would like save the day. Was he in the army? He was Air Force. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, but listen. Like, we need people to save the day. Like, it's not gonna I, be like, I agree. It's not guns, good or bad. It's who's got the gun. Yeah. Wait, are you saying it's the person? Not Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if you were in a situation and somebody was robbing, you know, you're being abducted or Hamas had come in and Why you into, the your, Jew into your apartment Hamas? complex, your condo complex, you want to take over, you'd be happy if there was a good dude next mm. to you with a gun. Uh, all right. I got to take a break because uh, Melissa Newman is waiting in the wings. Taylor, very funny stand-up special. Taylor Williamson live at the Comedy Store and live dates all over the place. TaylorWilliamson.com. We'll talk to Melissa Newman right after this. Well, it's 2024, so let's talk about something important. If you get hurt this year, your injury could be worth millions. That's right. If you're ever injured, you can check out 
Morgan and Morgan, America's largest injury law firm, over 100 offices nationwide and more than a thousand lawyers, more than $20 billion recovered for over 500,000 clients. Morgan and Morgan has a proven track record of fighting to get you the full and fair compensation you deserve. They've been fighting for the people for over 35 years now. That's a lot of experience. Racing my vintage race cars, well, that's hard. Submitting an injury claim with Morgan & Morgan, well, that's easy. So if you had an issue and uh, you want some help, go with Morgan & Morgan. Right, Dawson? If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to ForThePeople.com slash Adam or dial pound L-A-W, pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. That's F-O-R-ThePeople.com slash Adam or pound law, pound 529 from your cell. This is a paid advertisement. In honor of Jim Carolla's 92nd birthday, here's a list of all the things Adam Carolla will do before he dies. Shout, not on my watch. Just one of the things Adam will do before he dies. Let's get back to the Adam Carolla Show. All right. Well, better late than never. Melissa Newman is coming from Connecticut, I think. Uh, Has a book. Uh, Book called uh, that. Yeah? Yes, I do. You go. I'll go. Head over heels. Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman. A love affair in words and pictures. And, uh, of course, famously, your parents had this um, very enduring and wonderful love affair chronicled in uh, a few documentaries uh, one one I made about your father driving, and another one was made about uh, Hollywood and the love affair. So um, good to meet you finally. Uh, it's so nice to meet you, and I can't believe I'm on your show. Well, it's it's uh, life is interesting, you know. Um, I'm never. I would have been the furthest away from making a documentary, like in high school when they had you know, class clown and most likely to be successful and class president. If they had a least likely to make a documentary, I would have won. And I had no, I, no intentions of it. I just think it's so funny that we are coming together through, I guess, like through the sort of the racing documentary. And I wanted to ask you, I, I think it's um, so when I first found out about your doc about winning the racing life of Paul Newman, um, somebody came to me and said, Adam Carolla made a documentary about your dad and nobody in the family knew anything about it. <laughs> and yet you had all these people in the dock. And so somebody said, oh, this, you know, you guys are going to be pissed off because, because nobody asked you about this documentary. And someone said, well, you got to listen, you, you got to watch it. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting ready to be mad and everything. I probably won't watch the whole thing. And I started watching it and I couldn't stop watching it. And it, I thought it was brilliant. And I, I just, I'm so glad you made it. I I think it's incredible. And I also thought your documentary about Willie T. Ribs was really amazing. Uppity. Oh, thanks. So yeah, yeah you must have grown up 
going to Lime Rock on weekends, your dad's sort of hometown track, right? With Hell yeah. They, they, Bob uh, Sharp they just, and Sam Posey and all those guys. Yeah, they just named the back straight after my dad. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and I am the least of the gearheads in my family. My my sister Nell uh, still owns the 65 Mustang that she had when she was 19. She had the engine board out. Hmm. Uh, when she bought it, it came with vintage uh, stacks of vintage Playboys in the back to hold the tail down so it didn't fishtail. She it's amazing we're alive. Like she's a serious. Uh, she went to she went to uh, race car driving school there. She went to the um, Bondurant, maybe. Yeah, no, Skip Skip Barber. Skip Barber. I think was it Skip Barber? Yeah, probably. And um, I and um, my little sister and my sister Steph, my little sister Cleo, they all drive stick. I'm the only one who doesn't drive stick. Embarrassing. Wow. I drive, yeah, I know. I'm like, it's it's it's. I'm 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 ashamed. So that's why I can't believe I'm like. They, I should have tapped them in to be on your show because they could talk about cars with you, and I can't. Um, but I you- can talk to you. About how my mom like hated the fact that my dad raced and yeah. sat up there at the, on the on the hill at Lime Rock like knitting scarves, you know. Well, uh, but she put up with it. That's an interesting story you bring up because um, I have thirteen of your dad's cars. Now I know that. <laughs> now you know they weren't as I try to explain to everybody. You don't own your race car typically, like the jockey doesn't own the horse. The horse is owned by an owner. But there are certain cars that your dad did own that I have. And so just for clarification, there's a couple cars that he bought after he was done racing it and then used it for club stuff or hobby stuff or whatever it is. So there's, I don't know, I probably have three or four cars that your dad physically owned but then i have his rides his his race cars and in one of the cars there's a there's a headrest behind the the racing seat it's a nissan 88 nissan 2 plus 2 z car and it's embroidered in in red white and blue and it says pln in this what is basically a bump stop for your helmet sort of behind the seat and i was looking at it and i was talking to bob sharp and i said uh why would you guys do the PLN, whatever, embroidery sort of thing? And he's like, we would have never done that. And all the other cars just had a rubber thing or leather thing, but there was no embroidery in it. And then he said, well, Joanne used to do a lot of needlepoint. And so I, I think Joanne probably did his initials in red, white, and blue in this head thing in leather. And then we just mounted it on there. But does that make sense? Is it is it actually needlepoint? Would you, Adam? Would you know the difference between needlepoint and embroidery? <laughs> All guys a... who make racing docks know <laughs> <laughs> the difference. No, hey, I don't. my my boy, my boys know how to cook a meal, sew on a button, and take care of a baby, and they're awesome. So, um, I'm. It's ironic you should mention it. One of the mo- one of the finest family heirlooms that we own. So this could this could be part of the mystery. If you can see this, it is a needle pointed glasses case in the shape of a Budweiser can. Yes, uh, that my mom made for my dad, and it's ironic that it is actually sitting right here. So I am guessing, I am I am guessing that was my mother's work. It says and. Um, it says what PLN it at the bottom of the yep. Budweiser thing, and that's what it says on the headrest. And 
Bob just went, we wouldn't have spent time doing needlepoint on a headrest. We're working on the turbos and the intercoolers or whatever. <laughs> so You don't think someone sat there, Rosie Greer sat there <laughs> and did like the needlepoint. Um, you know, I have to say for the record, I did, I, he, my dad let me design his, uh, his racing logo when I was about 17, the one with this, with the chicken, yeah. the the yellow chicken mm-hmm. and the racing flag. I designed that when I was about 17. There's a famously on the side of some of Paul's older helmets, for sure. He had his logo with the sort of chicken. And I guess he was called chicken legs or something as a nickname or something. I don't know if yeah. that had anything to do with it. Yeah. He had some, some skinny legs. And when he did uh, the silver chalice wearing, you know, he wore a toga. Oh, I was like right. his his great his greatest embarrassment was that he didn't pony up with the legs, um, but we can't just we can't just uh, we can't just talk about my dad though because no. we have to talk about my mom because this book is yeah. about both of them and the fact that my mother, you know, sat there on that that hill at Lime Rock and knitted up a storm and she supported him. There's um, Looking for a there's there's some great quotes. So the book is um, and the money's going to charity, right? Well, that's the only way we roll in my family, and Jeez. I got to say that's one of the it's amazing not- legacies. Like that, you know, that's why. Yeah, certainly anything I make from it, it would it would be atrocious for me to uh, keep money from images from my family. But this is so. This is the quote. It's that's one of the quotes that's in the book. I think what describes Joanne's feeling about my racing was a headline once in the New York Post that said, "Quote: Newman escapes death. Joanne furious." Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it, about that's about. But the race car drivers, like all his racing buddies, loved her. Um, she, you know, she, she, she was a, a brave soul about it. She's 93 years of age now. She is. She's my neighbor. She's right across the river and I'm going to see her as soon as I finish up here. Um, I know her health probably hasn't been good for a while, um, but she continues. I mean, it. she carries on. Is she, she, she how she is has, her health? She, well, she has, she has dementia. She's had dementia for about 15 years. She was diagnosed Honestly, my she was my uh, she was diagnosed with dementia about a year before my dad passed away, and I honestly think that my father, like my my mother, got her diagnosis. I always thought that my dad, my mom could survive without my dad, but my dad could never survive without my mom. And um, and he literally, I, I literally sometimes feel as though he got he got cancer when my mom got her diagnosis on purpose because he couldn't handle it. That's what, that's the way it seemed anyways. And so she dealt with amazing, like taking care of him and everything and, and knowing this. And, but I have to say, man, she's like the energizer bunny. She's on her own schedule. Um, I, I don't know if she's, I don't know what's going to, every time I see her and I think she's going to check out, she like surprises us. She's, she's, I don't know. She's, she's cool. We still are so people say, does she know you? I'm like, that question's not relevant. Anybody who knows this disease knows that question's not relevant. Soulfully. We're so in like, so connected. I sing to her all the time and you know, we, we still have a relationship and she is surrounded by caregivers who are angels from heaven. So like, you're, she's, you're, you're she's literally lucky. a neighbor of hers I am. in, in Connecticut. I am. And I guess the plan was to kind of live off the beaten path a little bit it seemed like that's how your your dad was and your mom 
was like they didn't want to live in Bel Air, right? Well, they did, you know, they did the Hollywood thing. And I have to say here, so I'm sitting right now in the house that my parents bought in 1961, the year I was born. And um, growing up here, it was just like, you know, pots and pan leaks all over the house and stuff like that. And I thought like, you know, back in the day, movie stars owned, you know, this is is probably the smallest house on the block at this point. (laughs) Um, But... um, they decided, you know, they, we were surrounded by artists and writers here, more writers than anything else. Um, writers, opera directors, people like that. They were into the New York scene. They were into theater. Um, the reason my dad actually ended up on doing Our Town, which was the last performance he ever gave, is because he was giving my mom a hard time about um you know, my mom was the one who like cooked the breakfast and and knew where everybody was and was also a movie star and ran a and ran the Westport Country Playhouse in Westport and made her own dress for the Academy Awards wow. uh, because she didn't have enough money. <clears throat> I just happened to have a photograph wow. here. Uh, she sewed that on her sewing machine because she didn't have enough money for. I mean, she was a baller. So, um, so she was. He was giving her a hard time about the fact that she was afraid of. She, she hated thunderstorms and. And uh, she didn't like to fly and stuff like that. And she threw down the gauntlet. She said, you haven't been on the stage in 30 years. Wow. And my dad was silent because my dad was terrified to go on stage. They drive around 200 miles an hour, no problem. But he was terrified to go on stage. So she threw down the gauntlet and he had to pick it up. And that's actually how he ended up doing his last onstage performance, which I was so lucky to see. Here's a philosophical um, question for you. Yeah. Uh, as you're talking about both your parents being sort of dynamos in so many different, in in almost any definition of a successful, interesting, you know, driven, artistic, whatever person, I think you're, both your parents would check every box. Um, my parents are very different than, than your parents in terms of checking those boxes. They're kind of hang around, not, 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 there's no way anyone would mistake Jim and Chris Carolla for Joanne and Paul Newman. Uh, <laughs> never. Your parents did more in one day than my parents had done in a decade. I, yeah, I guarantee they made, you they that. Made you. They made, they made me. They, All right. They made you. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is for me, everything is kind of gravy. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing so much more than I ever thought I would do. But when you have parents that were such amazing, and and by the way, not just to you, worldwide, known, respected, adored, how's that psychologically for the daughter or the son? Uh, It really fucks with your ego development, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Um, You know, it's so funny when I'm trying to explain it to my kids, and my dad was like, it, it was amazing, we lived across the river from each other when I had babies here for 12 years. We did like babies and barbecues. They had a sandbox. I had a sandbox. And, uh, and they were, they were fabulous grandparents. And, um, when I try to explain to my kids, I mean, they know they, they actually went to races with my dad and they, uh, they saw a little bit of it, but, um, but when I try to explain to them, like how famous my dad was in particular, I'm like, I can only say, you know, like, like, like Taylor Swift famous, like that yeah. kind of famous, like they can't. Um, and then, um, you know, cause they were just, uh, they were my parents and, and their grandparents. I have to say they, 
Uh, that's why I'm every kind of artist except an actor. Uh, my Wikipedia page conflated me with some other Melissa Newman, and I, I get fan mails telling me how great my work was in Bonanza and on Perry Mason sometimes, but that was not me. Uh, I sing, I do my sculptor, I do all kinds of things. I teach, I do everything but act for yeah. that reason, but they gave me permission to be an artist and it went, and I, I, they gave me a blueprint for what it's like to be an artist. And that's an incredible gift. Um, so, you know, I mean, I said to my kid, I'd be happy if you were a jazz drummer, like who gets to say that? Nobody. <laughs> well, the foundation, I mean, Newman's own, I mean, I don't know how much it's raised over the years, but it's vast quantities of money and it's so ubiquitous that I was just sitting in here with the comedian, young comedian, um, and I brought your name up and he's like, oh, I have the dog biscuits for my dog. I have the new one. And it's, it, it is ubiquitous. And it's also crazy. And in the doc, it will explain the origins of, of the story of the salad dressing. And your dad doing a lot of barbecuing at the track and cooking for everybody. Yeah. Could you kind of talk a little about that? Um, I, it's so funny that I have, whenever people come by here, I'll have guys come like some stonemason or, or the UPS guy will come by and say like, yeah, I remember like I came by here or your dad brought me out a plate of eggs, offered me a beer, you know? So it, it was, um, yeah, he was just, he was, he was just really friendly that way. The, um, yeah, the whole idea of a food company that it did nothing you know, existed to do nothing but um, give away money. That doesn't, you know, that that was, that didn't exist I, as far as I know before he did it. And then my, my sister, Nell, started the Newman's Own Organics division. Um, there aren't any, there's no family at Newman's Own anymore, unfortunately. But we are, um, we're also involved in the Hole in the Wall camps, the Serious Fun Children's Network, which is all, which are camps for kids with life-threatening diseases. My dad started those. There are now 30 of them, I think, all over the, the world. Um, my vision, for, like if you want to look up the Hole in the Wall gang camps, if you want to, uh, or the Serious Fun Children's Network, that's a bright spot in the universe. It's like kids with kids that are really, really sick that can have chemo while they're going to camp, that can take off their prosthetic legs and throw them down at the bottom of the climbing wall. I mean, it is the most incredible place. And so we're still um, we're still involved with those. And they, you know, they continue to give and give and give. And I, how lucky am I? I always say if I had to have movie stars for parents, think for a moment about how lucky I am that I got the ones I got because I could have gotten... <laughs> other people you could have got like liz taylor and scary. richard burton or something you know and you'd be uh you'd yeah be i mean pretty much anyone else you can mention i i if i had to to trade i mean they were they were great friends great parents they were great supporters of us as artists and people and you know i'm just i'm just really really blessed that yeah. you know yeah, my, that we come from that. My regret, after I made the movie, everyone kept asking me, they thought I'd met your dad or knew your dad. And I'm like, nope, oh. never, never met him. But I, we could have talked about cars. Uh, you could have. <laughs> and, you know, when you think about the fact that art is subjective and uh, race car driving, you can measure your worth with a stopwatch. 
I think that's when, you know, he always said that his uh, epitaph would read, here lies Paul Newman, who died of failure because his eyes turned brown. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, but he loved his racing buddies. I mean, he earned the right. He earned that, you know, he, he earned his spot with racing and it was quantifiable. And that's why he loved those people. They loved, you know, his racing buddies loved him. They didn't like him until he got good, you know. I mean, they they waited for him to get good and saw how serious he was. And he really, really loved it. Um, so, wait, to the book. <laughs> oh, the book, yes. Head oh, yeah, over the heels. Book. <laughs> um, so when I was going through all my parents' um you know, all their stuff. And I was literally like rooting around in bags and boxes. My friend had, and I had talked about this years ago, all this beautiful, these incredible photographs that are all over our walls. And I, and, but what's amazing is that you, you think like, oh, I'll make a little book about my parents and dump these pictures in the, you know, in a book. And then you start realizing that they're all by famous photographers like Richard Avedon and, and, um, and, you know, Philippe Halsman. And so I got together with my friend and Andrew Kelly, who helped me edit the book and um, I mean, helped. He did. He did so much of the negotiating. And we had this amazing experience, all these incredible photographers. A lot of us cut a lot of them cut like beautiful deals with us and stuff. And so just, um, you know, like rooting around in my parents' attic, I reached into a bag that I was about to throw away. And I found the first 10 letters that my dad ever wrote my mom. And, uh, and they are charmingly body. Oh, body. Yeah. Oh, yes. I could not put them. I thought like, oh, I'll just stick these in. I'll print them out and put them in the, in the book. And I started reading them and I'd be like, dad, <laughs> uh, not, not smarmy, not smutty, charmingly body. Um, so the book is really just photographs. It's quotes by my parents about each other. It's quotes from letters um, about like, I didn't need to write. I didn't need to write any of this. This is just all of them. I wrote a preface and uh, we had the most amazing time figuring out like how sort of like we didn't want it to just have, see them grow old in a book, you know, like like that's so predictable. So my friend Andrew Kelly came up with this idea that why don't we just make an art book? So pairing the images to the images and the and the um, and the quotes to the images was really, really fun. Um, I'm looking at one of my favorite. There's so many good quotes, but one of my favorites um, was my mom. What did she said? Um, she talked about the fact that. Uh, oh, she said, I thought Paul, she said, I thought Paul was grossly untalented when I first met him. I remember going to dinner with Kim Stanley when we were all doing picnic together in Cleveland and saying to her, God, it's a good Paul. It's a good thing Paul Newman is handsome because he certainly can't act. Wow. <laughs> and we paired him and we paired it with like a picture of her helping him do a handstand. <laughs> and like you just you just have to see like what you know, how it's almost subliminal how we paired them. It's not it's not immediately evident when you look at, you know, how things went uh, went together. And just like in the letters, I'll read you like one quote. So this was in the, one of the letters of my dad. He fell hard for my mom. And, you know, the, my dad was married um, and he already had three kids and they had a real long, steamy affair. <laughs> and um, but the fact of the matter is I'm still close to my siblings. And um, and my says my sister, Steph, who is from my dad's first marriage, said, you know, he said she said my mom actually gave me 
my siblings, like we all, we all spent time together in this very house, all six of us. But so here's the quote from my dad, right when he met her, no one sings like Woodward or acts like Woodward or bitches like Woodward or kisses like Woodward or talks like Woodward or talks as long as Woodward or wipes water out of her eyes like Woodward or smiles like Woodward or cusses like Woodward. No one is as theatrical as Woodward or changes like Woodward or listens like Woodward or laughs or cries or hiccups or nothing like Woodward. You is a special, a super, an absolutely unbeatable wench. And I love you. Uh, wow. And, and these things almost went in the garbage. And wow. then the next time I reached in, I, I went up in that attic, I found a stack of telegrams to my mother uh, congratulating her on her uh, Academy Award nomination or Academy Award win. Um, and those almost went in the garbage, including a letter from Joan Crawford, who um, had already said that my mother set fashion back 100 years by making her own dress for the Academy Awards. Wow. Um, and and in her letter, I find this blue envelope and I open it up. It's from Joan Crawford. And she says, dear Joanne, uh, congratulations on your uh, on your your award. I've heard so much about your great willingness to learn. Wow. Oh, oh snarky. Out. <laughs> yeah, longer. really. So, I mean, those things almost went in the garbage. And so every it feels like every time I went into the, the house, I. Like in my mom's house, in my house, I, I would like the house seems to like sprout. There's still like more stuff that shows up. I like stuff where I'm like, why weren't these in the book? Like, how did these, why are these snapshots just lying here? Where did they come from? Like, we're ghosts here looking at that. It's just crazy. It's just, it's weird living in the house you grew up in. I would Bro. say my umbilical cord's like a bungee cord. They couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> Oh my God! I would kill myself if I was in the house I grew up in. Uh, it's it's a, my my therapist advised against it, but I told her it was kind of inevitable. So <laughs> the good the only good thing is that like there's nothing my kids can do here that hasn't been done way worse by uh, well, me and my sisters. <laughs> well, if your dad was with us, he would love the fact that uh, his car collection is heading to the Reno car museum. Like as we, as we speak to do a full, full on Paul Newman display with fire suits and helmets and, you know, many, uh, many of his, many of his historic race cars over there. So the public's and this Reno automotive museum is massive and it's well attended and there's going to be a lot of foot traffic. So the, and they'll have video walls and, you know, the whole, all the displays and everything. So like a, a world-class display for all, all your dad's cars. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's cool. And, you know, you know, it wasn't the documentary you should know originally started with um, me saying, Oh, I, I have an idea. We should take one of, Paul's old cars, which was a GT1 championship car from 1986 that he won the GT1 championship in at Road Atlanta. And I had the car, but it was in pieces and and kind of needed a full strip down and frame straightening and dipping and powder coating and then, you know, completely rebuilt. I said, well, what we should do with this movie is show the car and then I'll say the thing, you know, hey, I'm Adam Carolla. And, uh, you know, and then I'm, through the movie, put the car back together. And then the end of the movie, I'll have be, me racing it at the Monterey Rolex Historics. And wow. it'll be whatever. 
And we filmed all this stuff of the car getting worked on and car getting trailered to the place where they're working on it. And me standing there doing the, hey, it's, I'm Adam Carolla. I'm not only a comedian, but I'm an enthusiast and, and blah, blah, blah. We did the whole thing. Got the whole thing together. And uh, the guy, Nate Adams, I was producing it with, he said, well, let me show it to a friend or two of mine that I respect. Um because uh, I want to see what their take is on on this, what we have assembled so far. And then I came into work the next day and I go, what'd your friend think? You know, and he said, he said, with you in it, it was a TV show. But with me out of it, it could be a movie. <laughs> and I was like, well, I appreciate your candor and your friend's honesty. And then we went about cutting me out of every single scene in this movie because I was interviewing Bob Sharp and I was interviewing all the guys you sat down with. We had two cameras and it cut to me asking the question and it cut it was back. a conversation. Yeah. We got rid of it. I completely systematically pulled me out of every single scene in this movie. And it's a lot better, you know, without me. I, I, I understood it. It stung a little bit at the time, but, but I did, Go about taking your dad's old cars and restoring them and then bringing them out and racing them. And uh, they're always a crowd favorite, even if I'm not. Well, you do. Well, you, you know, maybe that's your process. You make it, you, you, you just systematically, like you create a piece of art and then you systematically remove yourself from it. I mean, all I can say is it worked. And what and what happened with the with the um, with the Willie T Ribs documentary? Was it the same thing? Or no, we'd learned our lesson. <laughs> <laughs> By then, we'd realized I shouldn't be on camera at all in any part of this. This, so I would I would do some of the interviews. Nate Adams would do some of the other interviews, uh, but we we stopped turning the camera around. We just faced it one direction and went to the to the subject. Uh, but Willie would have been interviewed. Many of those people would have been interviewed in front of some of your dad's old race cars too, just to give it that that flavor. So I'm glad you're able to enjoy both those docs. Um, yeah, really, and and I mean, I never would have seen the Willie T Ribs doc if it hadn't been for the other doc, and I was I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I remember when that happened too, when my dad was you know trying to help him out. And um, yeah, that was really, uh, that was an important, an important thing. And I think that, you know, I would love to show that documentary here, say during Black History Month or something like that too. I think it, it you know, that's not why you made it, but I think it, it certainly uh, reflects some things that bear thinking about. And, and the fact that like, when you come, you know, you is in a way you come at these important issues through the lens of something like like racing or something else. It's it's really interesting. Um, yeah, you you're yeah you're good at it. All I can say. So, so I mean, maybe that's a testament to you that 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 you know it doesn't need you to make it work. You you were making something that was working already, and the fact that you it didn't need you to you know to put the polish on it. It was well, already there. It was really serendipitous, your dad's doc, because I've been handed a thousand books in my life and I've never read one of them. I never read. I don't read. I have trouble reading and I just so don't sorry. do it. I know. It's. I want to go out and throw dirt clods and wrestle 
and race cars and build stuff. And I just sitting and reading sounds like punishment to me. But I want to do I want to do all those things minus the race cars and but also read. But I listen. There's, there's room for everyone. I didn't learn to read when I was a kid, and it became a point of shame for me. And so I just stayed away from it because it was embarrassing, honestly. Well, my my husband's a fifth grade teacher. So oh, we'll send him by. You, you, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't have him. He's you, you'd be a, you'd be a, a reader. Well, if he <laughs> if he can do third grade, we can talk. Yeah. So he's, he's yeah he's good. He so could, he could handle you. That book. Winning the Racing Life of Paul Newman, I think, or winning, was uh, someone gave it to me and it just sat in my bedroom on a shelf for a number of years. And then I kept sort of thumbing through it because it had pictures of cars in it (laughs) and some of the cars I had, you know, and I said, oh, that looks like my car, you know. And then at some point I had a flight to Tampa and I just thought, I'm going to take this book. I'm going to be on this airplane for five hours. And I'm going to read this book. And then wow. I read the book after having it for a number of years. And when I got back to L.A., I was like, well, I've never made a doc before, but we're making it and we're doing it because I just read this book. <laughs> and that's kind of that was kind of the impetus for it. Didn't wasn't my uh, wasn't my dad's brother in it? Yeah. Uncle Art was in it. Art. Arthur and yeah. his wife, who are in uh, Palm Springs, California, yeah. were in it. And Sharp and Spry, and she's great, and he's great, and crazy. Uh, he 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 passed. He sadly, must. But I mean, yeah, yeah. But he was he and my dad. Uh, they were so different, but they they um, they deeply loved each other. Well, I, it sounds like your dad and your mom were different from almost everybody. So it's so not in a bad they, way. I just mean they were different. Oh, my mom was like, you know, like I said, she was making the French toast and, um, you know, and knitting us clothes and sewing us tutus and also running a theater and also being a movie star and also washing the dog in the sink. There's a picture of my mother washing the dog in the sink in the book. Um, oh, you would like my book, too, since then there's minimal... Uh, well, that's not there's there's some text, but it's all it's all relevant to the photos. But it's really about the pictures. And my mom, at one point, she was saying, um, you know, she told someone, I I never washed a dog in the sink in my life. And like, there is actually a photograph of her watching the dog in the sink. And I'm sitting here looking at the same sink. Jesus got dark in my kitchen while we're talking. I was going to um, say the sun dropped. I know. Like I'm looking, I'm looking ghoulish, whatever. What can you do? Um, but I'm sitting right in front of the same sink. It's the same sink. We literally just replaced the faucet like last year. Um, the house still has, well, it doesn't have all the pots and pan leaks that it had when we were growing up. But yeah, they were just, uh, you know, but my dad barbecuing and, um, you know, he was, Somebody said some. I'm, I bounce around, but somebody said something about. So you know his, you know his Volvo with the Buick racing engine, right? The famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love yeah. that my dad. Yeah, that he was like a stealth car driver. He mm-hmm. didn't need. He didn't need a lot of bling. He does like. Why should I get pulled over before I even get going? You know. And um, somebody pointed out that my dad had. So my dad has a stealth car, and with the you know the the on the on the down low with the with the racing engine is just the the 
station wagon. And then my, he had given my mother a Patek Philippe watch and my mother, and it never worked properly. And so my mother had the guts taken out of it and they were like replaced with Timex. And I just said, wow. that's kind of like a perfectly describes my parents. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, my mom had her Patek Philippe. It looked good and it worked better with the Timex. And then my dad with the we could, you know, we could hear him coming from, from miles away. We were like, you know, dad's going to be home in 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I just, the whole thing of like popping the, you know, popping the trunk when he was at a gas station, someone would open up. It just, I love it. It it wasn't, it was, it just wasn't obvious. It wasn't ostentatious, but you, he could blow the doors off anyone. He also had a, um, he had a VW bug in when I was growing up with a, with a Porsche engine in it. Because he just yeah. liked to pull up to the, you know, pull up to the stoplight and have people he, look over and go, why I, is he driving that? I think that one got donated to a college out here for some for some reason. But I, I, it's it's in it's in the book. Well, speaking of watches, the Rolex Daytona that went for auction of like eighteen million dollars oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, that's that, another one of those crazy stories where he like handed it off to my sister's boyfriend for rebuilding a treehouse. <laughs> Wow. Well, the thing, the thing about my dad was that, um, you know, they, when they were talking about the, his, his watches and someone said, well, talk to me about your dad as a watch collector. I'm like, my dad wasn't a watch collector. He needed an accurate, you know, they were all bangers. Like he needed an accurate watch because he was a race car driver. He didn't give a shit about his watches. I mean, he appreciated them because they worked and he wore them all the time. Was you your know, mom so. pissed though because it was engraved to him? It was personalized to him from her. I didn't ask that question, and I don't want to think about it. All she right. did give him. She did give him another one, uh-huh. which got sold. Also, and the thing is, like, then it's like scary to own these things. It's like we don't. We're the same. Like I have my. Uh, oh, I don't have it on my Timex Weekender. You know. Mm-hmm. With the with the big numbers and the illumination, yeah, that's that's us. I think my son Henry would probably not mind having a a swanky watch, but then like it's too scary. No, I agree. Where are you going in it? I yeah, mean, where are you going with it? I mean, I know. Yeah, exactly. So you want some like fake a fake Rolex that you buy off the street? Well, you know, I once had a psychology teacher say to me once when I was in junior college for ten minutes. He just said, what if you bought a fake Rolex and then you got mugged for your fake Rolex? How would you feel? And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. And so I think you shouldn't have a real one or a fake one, because either way, at least in L.A., you're going to get mugged. Let me give a plug to your book, uh, Melissa. Thank you. Head, I appreciate that. Head over heels, Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman, A Love Affair in Words and Pictures. The money, of course, is going to charity. It's available now on Amazon. And um, you can, if you want to check into some of Melissa's art and artistic endeavors, you can uh, check her out on Instagram at Melissa Mud and Music. And I'm going to take a picture of that headrest and we'll see if it looks like your mom's embroidery or needlework uh it, after all yeah i i it. it could be her or my aunt maggie who was who was big on the racing in the racing thing with my but i i bet you it's my mom let's take a photo I, 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 we have yeah, a photo yeah, of it, it oh Tyler. he has one. Oh, we do no way so he'll, he'll you gotta share it so she can see it too oh, all right um, we'll share it so you can see it it's it's pln in um 
Red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. And actually, the P and the lettering kind of looks like the stuff that was on the side of some of the helmets I have of your dad's. It was the way the P was written. And I don't know who stenciled those helmets, but I'll I'll send you, we'll send you a link. Let's see. Can you see it? Oh, my gosh. No, that's not my mom because she was a, just a needle pointer. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody did that special. I don't know. It could have been anybody. Somebody just had, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, somebody, it's great. Somebody wanted to keep him safe. Yeah, somebody, some, I, I have no idea. So I hope somebody sees this and figures it out. Maybe as um, his, I was been hanging out with his pit crew chief, Bill Lloyd, who, um, who's the one last time I was at Lime Rock, he, uh, they was, there was one of my dad's cars on display and Bill just walked up and popped the panel off the side and told me to get in. I'm like, Bill, what are you doing? He's like, no one's going to kick you out. <laughs> so I have, a, I sent you a picture actually. <laughs> I'd like um, to see that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. My dad, my dad won so often at Lime Rock that, that, it was astounding. Like when he didn't win, we felt like there was something wrong. And we have, when, that was back in the day when, when everyone, we could all pile in, we, we'd all pile in. So it'd be like six of us in the car. You have oh, one of his cars, the silver yeah. 75, the, yeah, the we have TR6. a picture of all of us. Yeah. We have a picture of all of us like sitting in that car, you know, driving the, the, around. Oh, that's like, you're in that car in that picture. Yes, I'm in there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. we're holding the flag. They there's, don't let you do that anymore. There's literally six people in yes. a two-seater. It's a yes. TR6 two-seat convertible race car, yes, and yes. there are yes. six human beings going around the track. And you should also know, there it is. Yeah, where are you in that picture? That's from 76, I guess. Yeah, back in the day. I don't know. Where am I? I can't see it. I'm just yeah, holding the flag. So You're holding the, the flag. It looks like I think that's me holding the flag. Yeah, and that you know they don't let you do that anymore. But yeah, we used to like every time he won, we would pile in, God. and you know he won. He won his last race, uh, strangely, almost a year to the day after uh, before he passed away. He he won his last race at Lime Rock on September 29th of 07, and he passed away on September 26th of 08. Yeah, driving a yeah, and and his buddy Michael Brockman, who was duking it out with him. I remember the guy. The guy who was in a lead was way out in front, and I remember sitting and you know putting the mojo the way you do. And I was like, spin out, but don't hurt yourself, which mm-hmm. is exactly what happened. And then it, um, Michael Brockman and my dad duked it out, and I remember asking Brock later, like, did you did you did you lift up on it? And and he said, your dad would have killed me. He's <laughs> like, no, it was fair fair and square. And it was like it was they were no they were neck and neck down the straightaway, and it was a really exciting race. I mean, that that's a year almost a year to the day before he passed away. And you guys are both in the Guinness World Book of Records. Yours is because your show is the most downloaded. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and my dad because he's the oldest man to win a nationally sanctioned race. Oh, really? The twenty-four hour Daytona. He's in the Guinness World Book of Records. As far as I know, that stands. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's in the dock. He's driving a Trans Am Corvette. Don't think it's a Trans Am Pontiac. It's a series. It's another story. And uh, there we're looking oh, yeah, at the picture of the TR six. Seven are. people yep. in that. Seven. Oh yeah, I guess I can. Se- I forgot the driver, six plus the driver. Seven people in the my, two-seater. Yeah, I'm wondering if that isn't my mother with like 
She's uh, below me. You can just see her sunglasses. It kind of <laughs> looks like her, but I can't imagine that she would have been in there. Where, Maybe. Are you holding the flag? I'm holding the flag. Oh, that's such a great picture. It's pretty cool. All right, Melissa, um, I really appreciate you joining us you. today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in the dark like a vampire now. It's It's been a great talk. I um, concur. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, keep making documentaries. You're good at it. Oh, thank you. I shall. And uh, Head Over Heels, name of the book. Go ahead and get that right now on Amazon. Melissa thank Newman, you. thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, me, Grand Junction, Colorado, Mesa Theater, January 26, two shows. And then uh, I was told it was pronounced Estes, not Estes, Estes Park, Colorado. Yeah, don't go to Estes. Stanley Hotel, January 27th, two shows. Don't we have a Kimmel thing that's supposed to be on there? Yeah, you're definitely, you're doing Vegas uh, the 25th. Oh, we should put it on the thing. Yeah? No? Okay. Uh, that'll be two shows at Kimmel's then on January uh, 25th. I'll be with you out there. Oh, and Dawson will be there. And uh, just go to AdamCrawl.com for all the live stuff. And until next time, Adam Crawl for Melissa Newman and Taylor Williamson and Chris Maxpada saying mahala. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. And you can get tickets to see the Ace Man at AdamCarolla.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.